Hey everybody, it's Stefan, the Old World Gamer, and Scott is back with us this week. Oh my god, he's hey, so... And, what's up, uh, folks? Finally back from all of my delays <laughs> and what, so... Happy to be here again. Host, uh, Mr. Six and Ghosty, who was our co-host for the past two weeks, oh, yeah. thank you as well for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, co-hosted in uh, Scott's stead, so... Uh, Thank yes, you very much yes, for that, and for those looking for him it. on Twitch, that would be uh, Six and Ghosty. So, um, believe it or not, this is the second time. We got past Scott's first article, and then apparently because I opened Snip to let you guys know what music we're playing, uh, it decided, yeah, no, Scott doesn't need audio anymore. <laughs> yeah, we kind of got through, like, 75% of my news before we realized that, hey, nobody yeah. can hear me. Yeah. So, we're going to get through as many of these articles, giving you guys some genuine reactions as we possibly can, but we've kind of read Most. these already. So, for, forgive us if we kind of sound like that we've already talked about this before, because we, you know, kind of talked Indeed. about this before. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, trust me, I'm, I'm happy to be we're back. Happy to have you, you know, back, I was, I was saying, saying the first time, you know, I've just been like, Looking at the time, looking at the time, it's like podcast. Do it, yes. So, anyway, we're going to jump right into the first article. <laughs> Again. Um, so we're talk- we're going to be going on these the slightly controversial subject of uh, Blitz Chung's suspension from Hearthstone. Uh, Blizzard announced overnight that it will give Chung Blitz Chung Ing Wai back his prize money, and his suspension will be shortened. Earlier this week, Blizzard removed Hong Kong player Blitz Chung from the Hearthstone Grandmasters, stating that he violated competition rules. The company he uh, the company also took back prize money earned from season two. Now the company has half the suspension and returned Blitz Chung's prize money after mounting pressure from many, including Blizzard employees, Hearthstone players and casters, activists, and the gaming collective. In statements released Friday evening, Blizzard President J. Allen Brack said the company's relationships in China had no influence on its decision to ban Plus Chung and that its retrospect it reacted too quickly. The company now has deviated from a one-year suspension for a six-month suspension, and the casters from the footage have also been given a six-month suspension instead of outright termination. Over the weekend, Blitz Chung used the segment to make a statement about the situation in Hong Kong in violation of rules he acknowledged and understood, and this is why we took action, said Bragg. Every voice matters, and we strongly encourage everyone in our community to share their viewpoints in the many places available to express themselves. However, the official broadcast needs to be about the tournament and to be a place where all are welcome. In support of that, we want to keep the official channels focused on the game. Breck said Blitzchung used the official esports tournament broadcast as a platform to share his views with the world instead of focusing on the tournament. As far as hired casters, they are supposed to stay focused on the tournament and the players and not deviate from the subject. The specific views expressed by Blitzchung were not a factor in the decision we made, according to Breck. I want that to be clear. Our relationships in China had no influence on our decision. We have these rules to keep the focus on the game and on the tournament to benefit the glo- uh, benefit of a global audience, and that was only a consideration in the actions we took. If this had been opposing viewpoint delivered in the same de- de- divisive and deliberate way, deliberate way, we would have felt and acted the same. Uh, we want to ensure that we maintain a safe and inclusive environment to all players, and that our rules and processes are clear. All of this is in service of another important Blizzard value. Play nice, play fair. In the tournament itself, Blitzchung played fair. We now believe he should receive his prizing. 
We understand that for some of this is not about the prize, and perhaps for others it is disrespectful to even discuss it. This is not our intention, but we also but playing fair also includes appropriate pre and post match conduct, especially when a player accepts recognition for winning in a broadcast. When we think about the suspension, six months for Bloodstone is more appropriate, after which he can compete in Hearthstone Pro Circuit again if he so chooses. <coughs> there is a consequence for taking conversation away from the purpose of the event and disrupting or derailing the broadcast. Brack said that moving forward, Blizzard will continue to apply the tournament rules to ensure official broadcasts remain focused on the game and are not a platform for divisive, social, or political views. In response, Blitzchung said during the stream he was pleased Blizzard reconsidered his lengthy ban, however, if he feels six months is still a long suspension. He also stated Blizzard should reconsider the caster's punishments. He is also unsure at present whether he will compete in Hearthstone once again his suspension ends. In his stream, he also stated that he appreciated the support for those boycotted Blizzard games. For those who didn't, that was also fine too, and could also could affect their jobs. Uh, he also expressed his gratitude toward those that support Hong Kong. All right, so the, the as we discussed this earlier, I think uh, the the suspension is too long, but the 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 um, acquisition of prize money is sort of also wrong. So. The, the point that I made earlier is that in games like uh, TCGs, six months in a year mm-hmm. are a very long time. And game card games such as Hearthstone, Magic, uh, Smite, or Smite uh, Eternal, Gwent, all, that, all those sort of games change frequently. They change often. And a year is way too long. I also think six months is too long. I think a three-month suspension is correct. I am on both sides of the coin of this, where I think that six months is too long, and I think that a suspension is necessary. However, I think that in awarding Blitzchung his prize money, it incentivizes other people to go, oh, hey, as long as I'm getting my money, I'm free to say what I want and just True. take it. At the same time, I feel I like... I think that that's right. Uh, as I was saying before... It was a year. Be happy that it's been half. Not only that, but right. those other people that you're talking about, where they should have their um, their suspensions, like uh, or sorry, the the casters' punishments should be you know lifted or shortened. Uh, they were going to be terminated. So you should be happy regardless. Not only that, but again, I don't know Blitz Chung. I don't know how much weight he has in that community. Obviously, he's a good player and people follow him. But this also takes him down a peg, letting him know, like, listen, you can't just go and do whatever the hell you want just because you're, you know, this good player in this certain game. Like, that's like Ninja doing the same thing, but I'm sure Twitch would probably overlook that more than likely. But that that's the thing, is that these bigger people, you have to use them as an example, and they're what people are watching more than anything else. So if they're doing something wrong, you've got to, you know, don't just say, oh, well, because they're doing this for our game, then we're not going to say anything to them, or we're going to, you know, treat them a little bit better and stuff. Like, no. You would treat them the same way as you treat every fucking player of your game. Plain and simple. They shouldn't get any special treatment. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't do it, uh, you know, he might have just said, you know, in passing, like, oh, yeah, the situation over here, and blah, 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 and just talked about it. And that's fine. But, again, because it's, you know, at this certain event and stuff, then, yeah, it, there was no need for it. But 
he probably just said it in passing more so than like you know, oh, I'm going to go to this event and I'm going to make sure I talk about Hong Kong and what's going on over here. He, they did, probably didn't do it on purpose. So, you know, so that side of it I do understand as well. But yeah, considering that they were going to terminate those other people, that they were going to give you a ban for a year, be happy that they shortened it at all. Alright, so moving on, uh, Street Fighter V is not dead yet, according to Capcom. Uh, Street Fighter V is indeed getting new content. We're going to learn more about it before the end of the year. Uh, at the Brazil Game Show this week, Yoshinori Ono revealed that new Street Fighter V announcements will be made in November and December. Ono took the stage to discuss the Intel World Open tournament and specifically mentioned characters and content amongst the announcements fans should expect. Uh, you want to see new characters, right? You want new content too, and I'm sure that's what you're, what you're all thinking, said Ono. Uh, well about that, we're going to have new information to present to you in regards to that at the Capcom Cup North American Finals in November, and that Capcom Cup in December, so if you could please just stay patient until then. Capcom Cup North American Finals take place November 16th and 17th, whereas the Capcom Cup is scheduled for December 13th through 15th. This is when we're going to get Street Fighter V news, but it's not yet clear exactly what will be revealed. Event Hubs pointed out that Capcom could announce one or two more characters, and even and they're even likely going to be available immediately after the announcements. This is what Capcom did when they revealed the re uh, released three characters at EVO in 2019. Uh, it's interesting that Capcom continues to support Street Fighter V, but Alex argues that the game needs to stay more relevant. For the first time, Street Fighter didn't close out EVO this year indicating that the fighting game community has moved on to more relevant releases as, wait, as the wait for the next big Street Fighter continues. Um, that, that alone, that statement alone, the fact that Street Fighter didn't close out EVO, is enough to just say, hey, listen, people are getting tired of this game, and new characters aren't going to do it. Mm -hmm. For what it's worth, there's, like, from, from the original roster, E-Honda was the only one that we don't have, we didn't have, so okay. now that all of all of those characters are now are now official. You know, all of like the uh, I believe most of the uh, uh, the new challengers are now available. I believe it was what T Hawk, Kami, DJ, and Faylong. I'm pretty sure they're all available at this point. Uh, what's well, maybe DJ's not, but still, <laughs> but it's not. It's not the, point. the point is, is that. The game doesn't need more characters. It just needs something new. It, it needs to be... It, it, it doesn't. It needs something new. And right now, in the current iteration of Street Fighter V, the game's just not as interesting as, like, say, Street Fighter IV was. Street Fighter IV had all the hype to it, where Street Fighter V just doesn't have that. So Capcom needs to think about, like, you know, going through all of this development with saying, like, hey, we're going to make new characters, we're going to make this and that, and it's like, this isn't what the game needs. The game needs something new. Not characters, it just needs just everything new. So, instead of just saying, oh, hey, here's another two months from now, we're going to think about showing you new characters, well, nobody really cares. You know? There wasn't that big a hype when, like, Poison E, Honda, and Lucia came out. It's like, all right, yeah, cool, they're new characters and everything, but it's like, I, I don't want to say nobody cares. Well, the thing is, what are you looking for? As a person who enjoys the Street Fighter series as much as you do, 
what is it that you would like them to add or put in or change or honestly there needs to be like a big okay so the one thing that drew me in about uh, Street Fighter 4 was that it had a really really good story mode and Street Fighter 5 had a really good story mode too mm-hmm. okay, don't get me wrong I think the whole story about around Nash and Colleen and all that stuff was really good but I think the game that does it and always has done story better than any other fighting game was Soul Calibur. Yeah. And is Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur has has told a story that has absolutely just transcended time and history and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's kind of the idea of the game. Is that, you know, this story is just it, it, eternally retold. Blah, blah, blah. That's what Soul Calibur is. You know? But Street Fighter just deviates. It's all over the place. It's like you go Street Fighter 1, cool. Street Fighter 2, awesome. Street Fighter 3, oh, what's the next part of the story? Oh, this is a prequel. Oh, what the fuck? Now Street Fighter 4, it's like, oh, where, where does this lie? It's like, okay, well, well, okay, now Street Fighter Alpha. Okay, why is Charlie not dead? What the fuck's going on? So, welcome like, to a yet another series that follows the Legend of Zelda timeline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know... It, it, it needs something a little bit more comprehensive than just be like, hey, here's just this new thing. Here's recognizable characters, whatever. So. Alright, anyway. Uh, moving oh, along. Fuck. Yeah, I know. We're going to click a new thing, and I kind of I'm hoping somebody's here to let us know that we're still hearing things. But... Know that we're yeah, we're, you're still there. I just unmuted just for that. Okay, <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, the scariest Halloween costume of 2019 is here. Pain has a face. Allow me to show it to you. It's the movie Sonic the Hedgehog. It would tear soul apart. Following the what release the of Sonic the Hedgehog movie images and trailers that reduced Sega's mascot to a laughing stock, merchandise for the now delayed movie looks equally <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Here's a mask you can wear to scare the neighborhood pedophile. Imagine this bearing down on you. That. Imagine that. Look into those eyes and tell me you don't see evil incarnate. Oh, God. It's available on Amazon for $49. And that's even more ridiculous. This, this, this. Is forty nine dollars. Forty nine bucks. Yeah, I would sooner keep my. Look how well painted those eyes are, though, with the streaks of I like know, right? sh- shitty dark green and then like some white showing through. That's oh forty nine. How come it's not four hundred ninety dollars? That's a better question. Oh my god, this is like art. How is this even just like should just make the one mask and put it in a museum? That's how fantastic that is. Jesus Christ. I just, I just. I can imagine, like, somebody... I, I kind of want to see this. I want to see this live. I want to see one person in my, like, the local area. When I go take my kids trick-or-treating, I want to see one person wearing this mask. I want to see this. And I want to see how many people are within ten yards of them. Because I know I don't want to be. I know I want to see it from a distance. I don't want to see this shit up close. I want to see this from far away. Because I want nothing to do with this shit. Because, yeah, please. like, <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's no, terrible. no, it's not even painful. Anyway, at all. no, it's not. It's just it's <laughs> it's a nightmare, and it's just 
I mean, take a look at like where the eye holes are. Look at it. Look where the eye holes are. It's like that. That alone is. A, go down to the second picture and look. The eye holes are literally like in the. What the why? What the f- what the fuck? <laughs> I I I don't I don't know. I don't I don't get it. I don't I. Moving on. <laughs> so Apple is now selling Xbox One controllers <laughs> to its online store. Good. Apple uh, uh, now the PS4 and Xbox controllers can be used with iOS devices. Apple is selling Xbox One controllers through its online shop. One will run you $59.95, which isn't the best price around. You can pick one up cheaper through Amazon, Best Buy, or Walmart. At present, it's unknown whether Apple will also sell the controller at its retail stores, but that it could eventually become the case. As GI whoops, as GI Biz notes, the DualShock 4 controller isn't listed on the Apple site. This could possibly occur in the future. Maybe. 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 Apple recently launched Apple Arcade with over 50 mm-hmm. titles. For 4.99 per month, you will be able to play over 100 titles ad-free. You can also start playing one on Apple device and pick up on another and play on or offline. It's available now on iPhones running iOS 13 and coming soon to iPad, Mac, and Apple TV. And honestly, I don't see why they wouldn't do this. Like, yeah, I mean, this is this fair. is something they should have been doing for a while. And like I was saying before, like. I don't understand why the companies are against each other anymore. I mean, there is no real competition as much as, hey, Xbox is finally putting out this game from this series that you've all been waiting for. Sony's finally putting out this game from this series that you've all been waiting for. Nintendo is doing this from this series that you're waiting for. Like, they've all got their own specific zones now, and it's not like... Oh, like we gotta sell more than Xbox. No, you've got have got all solid audiences who want your, you know, the good games that you're putting out for each of them. It's about time you stop fucking feuding with each other and just do your own shit. I mean, Apple is now selling good. They should. What? I mean, it's like I was saying before. It's better than them making a new controller for their fucking like platform. That would be so terrible. Like. Why do you need to go through the trouble of making something that you've never done before when there's already good, perfectly good options that yeah. people are used to and people would rather have anyways? Yeah, especially like if you're going to make a controller for your like your iOS devices that are only good for your iOS exactly. devices. Exactly. Like, uh, like I was saying before, uh, I don't want a controller that I have to hook up with some new like fancy new dongle that only goes into an Apple device. To me, like, nah, I'm done with that kind of bullshit. Just give me one universal thing, and that's it. Let's go. Yep. Fair enough. Alright, so... Universal uh, serial bus? The number two on my list of things that I've wanted to talk about today... Steam will soon make it possible to play local multiplayer games online. Valve is working on a new feature for Steam that will allow games with local multiplayer modes to be played online. Uh, Remote Play Together is the name of a new Steam feature currently in the works at Valve. The company announced announced it on the Steamworks site, which is only accessible to developers. News, however, of Remote Play Together got out on the Unity forums as well as through developer chatter on Twitter. In simple terms, the feature allows two or more players to play local multiplayer games online together. 
Valve intends for all games with local co-op to support remote play together by default and that they include split-screen games. For this to work, only the host player needs to own the game. Steam will handle the rest, though you're going to need a decent upload speed to set this up. Remote play together supports up to four players per game. Those on the other end will be able to stream gameplay at 1080p 60fps. It uses the same tech in Steam's remote play, which allows anyone to stream their collection of games to a different device over the internet. Valve says the Steam overlay should make this process seamless, as if the other player is in the same room. Any controllers connected to the second player's computer will act as if they're plugged directly into the first computer. Remote Play Together is entering beta on October 21st, which is when Steam users will be able to try it out. This is fantastic news for games such as Enter the Gungeon, which do not support online co-op, but feature local multiplayer modes. It'll be interesting to see if latency is going to be an issue for some of the more frenetic games. Uh, this is so embarrassingly overdue. Yeah, this should have been done 10 like, years ago, for sure. Like, oh my god. How, I, I don't understand how this hasn't happened before now. It's just like... And honestly, I think... Uh, some of the indie developers are to blame for some of this as well, because why in yes. this day and age are you putting your games in local multiplayer? This is not 95, we're not working with LAN anymore, we're working with full fucking internet, where everyone has Wi-Fi basically in their pockets 24-7. So, if you're not doing online multiplayer, I know it's hard, alright, I know that you just went and done a game, you don't want to do this, you know, net conversion work or whatever the hell kind of programming stuff that you have to do for it. Net coding. Stuff but there's like people that you can hire. There's people that are probably there oh, with yeah. your publisher who can help you with this. They can find you someone to help you with online multiplayer. Especially if oh, your God, game yeah. looks like it's meant or could be very well adapted to multiplayer. Absolutely. And for what it's worth, net coding has become easier than it's yes, ever been. Yes, of course it has. I mean, but again, if if you're burnt out from like doing your own game over the past couple of years or months or whatever, I understand that. But again, hire someone. You know, if in the long run, it'll Absolutely. probably be worth it, and you'll probably sell more because people are like, "Great, I can play with Scott down in Philadelphia, United States, while I'm here in Newfoundland, Canada." Great. Right. This is what we there like to go. do. Like you were saying with Diablo. Oh god, yeah. We bear, but there were there were some days where it's like, okay, how do we get Hamachi right? to work? How do we get the game? Like to you work? shouldn't have to, de- to work? depend on Hamachi to do that to begin with. No. Especially especially since like technically I believe the Diablo One Battle.net servers are still active. For what that's worth. Yeah. But that's not the point. The point is that, that these games should be able to go, okay, hey, I want to play with player A, they're on my friends okay. list. Click this person. Boom, we're playing yeah. the game. There should not need to be an outside source to make these sort of things no. work. You know, you shouldn't need Hamachi to do this sort of stuff. And quite honestly, games should we be. shouldn't have had to wait for Steam to do it either. And that and that's that what I'm too. saying is that if your game was meant it was put into local multiplayer, you should have went the extra step to do online. I know it would have took a bit yep. longer, but it would have been worth it and people would be more appreciative towards it as well. At least that's what my opinion is on it. Yeah, I mean, it just, this is just like, I, I, I can only say it's overdue. Yeah. It's, it's so painfully overdue, and this should have been something that should have been included eons ago. Just being able to play, I mean, yeah, 
developers at this point have to understand that the day and age of like having 15 people over at your house and huddling over a console, those days are mostly mm-hmm. over. I'm not saying that the, that they're no. gone because they still do exist. And you can still do you your know? online game multiplayer games as local co-op. That's fine. Right. But what I'm saying is that if but, you offer like, the local co-op, offer the online co-op. Yep. Absolutely. All right, um, something that I uh, feel that uh, Steve and you are both going to be happy to hear about, uh, Rocket League's Halloween event this year is Stranger Things Things themed. Uh, Stranger Things continues its video game crossovers with a new event in Rocket League. Uh, Rocket League's Halloween event, Haunted Hollows, will this year feature a crossover with Stranger Things. The event will kick off Monday, October 14th, after the launch of the game's October update. Until available until November 11th, Haunted Hollows will bring up an updated version of the Farmstead Arena, themed after the upside-down dimension uh, from the Netflix series. Uh, along with the new arena, you'll also find new skins and trails for the game's cars. As with all Rocket League events, the Haunted Hollows event store will be available during the duration of the event. There, you will be able to buy exclusive content using Candy Corn, which you will earn by playing between. October 14th and November 11th. Um, uh, I've looked through I've looked through these skins. They all look pretty cool. You know? Um, I'm no Rocket League player, but, you now know, see, I can appreciate... I can appreciate... For these events, to get the candy corn and stuff, you have to play people online, which, as most people know from when I play, I don't do a lot of online competitive because I'm just not into competitive a lot. Uh, but gotcha. Steve does it a lot, so he's more likely to uh, unlock a lot of the stuff for it, which uh, which is cool because we right. can still see a lot of it then as well. Yeah. So, like I said, these things look cool, and you have like four weeks to go hash out those candy corns. Mm-hmm. So, good luck with all you uh, with all you Rocket League players. Um, a little bit of sad news: uh, Xbox corporate vice president Mikey Barra is leaving Microsoft. Uh, Mike Ibarra, one of the few recognizable faces at Xbox, is departing Microsoft. Uh, Xbox Corporate Vice President Mike Ibarra has announced that he is moving on from Microsoft after 20 years. Ibarra <coughs> broke, the news of, or broke the news on Twitter and has since received an outpouring of his support from Phil Spencer and other top Xbox employees, not to mention fans. Although the Microsoft veteran didn't say where he's going next, he did tease he will continue to be in gaming as he works to try and make a better or gaming better for everyone, promising to reveal more about his next adventure soon. Uh, thank you for your many contributions to Microsoft and Xbox. You have been a strong advocate to, for our fans from day one, and have consistently driven to keep gamers at the center of everything that we do. All of us at Team Xbox wish you the best, wrote head of Xbox Phil Spencer. In his tenure at Microsoft, Ibarra served as many leadership positions, General Manager of Xbox Live, Xbox Partner Studio Manager, Corporate Vice President of Program Management at Xbox are all the roles that led him to oversee Xbox Live, Game Pass, and Mixer beginning in 2017. Um, Of all the things that we talked about the first time through here, um, we basically were just like, he's probably going to like do his own like publishing thing, or maybe like possibly start his own studio now, or something like that. Actually, looking back on that little Which, thing that they said, that he, what he teased about, trying to make games better for everyone, I don't suppose he's going to go and work with something like the ESRB or something. Maybe. I mean, that's a possibility, but Definitely I don't know. So. That just kind of seems like a... Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. It could be anything. 
I mean, it's going to be something in gaming. Uh, my guess is that he's probably going to start his own publishing thing, like like a Game Pro magazine or whatever like that, or whatever those are the other magazines. I don't get any of them, so I'm not, I don't remember what their name is, Game Informer or whatever. But, um, you know, so good luck in the future, Micah Barr. We'll definitely keep an eye on what you're going to be doing. Um, uh, moving on, uh, Sony Patent shows a PSVR which supports Bluetooth and transparent view. Uh, Sony may have may have promised to continue supporting current PlayStation VR headsets, but that shouldn't keep it from releasing an updated version. A patent for a new PlayStation VR model fil- uh, filed in February has surfaced via Let's Go Digital. What's most interesting is that the headset is wireless, which means it would take advantage of Bluetooth. Uh, another interesting role, or, or another interesting note, is that in the patent, it's transparent view, which would allow users to see their surroundings instead of being completely blacked out. The view would, of course, dissipate as the game is started, but transparency would also make it possible for AR-styled apps in games. Images in the patent also show two front-facing cameras, one in the back of the headset and one included in a move-style controller. Another camera is also shown in an addition, as an additional option similar to the current PS camera. A separate camera would also would be able to analyze and track movement from the head-mounted display. It also makes note in the patent of the two op. It, it also makes note in the patent of the option for two separate displays, one for each eye. Uh, Sony has yet to announce it's working on a new iteration of PSVR, but if it is, we'll likely hear more about it closer to PlayStation 5 launch in holiday of 2020. Um, so the things that we were discussing about this first time around is that. Uh, this would make so for some really cool AR games. A lot of cool like being AR able games. to like, like there are like so many things you could possibly do with this, especially like if they want to try to use it alongside with transparency mm-hmm. mode. I think that they would be able to like just make some out of this world AR. Well, games. the Minecraft AR wouldn't be solely with the Google Glass and stuff. Then I guess, right? That would be nice. I mean, that's kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's along those same lines and. Uh, another thing that I was talking about is that it's uh, for, for the two separate displays, one for each eye. I think that would make for some like interesting gameplay for like let's say mech style games, where like if you have like a like a transparent eyeglass piece over one eye, being able to get displayed information over that 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 glass eyepiece, mm-hmm. and then being able to see out into space with your other eye would be like. Ooh, this is going to be like some really interesting stuff to be able to be like, hey, I've got my scouter. What does the scouter say about his power level? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. I think it would make for some really cool interactions being able to have things displayed in one eye and then having other things in another. I think that would be just like, ooh, just like thinking about that just kind of gives me some like BR chills. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Now, and myself, um, uh, as I mentioned uh, the first time I went through this, uh, I actually um, done a tech thesis based on a optical device um, that included a lot of the different things that's included on this. The two front-facing cameras uh, were a big thing as well for archaeological engineering, uh, for uh, geologists. Uh, there was basically there was a, a bunch of different things that you could use the the device for originally. So. Uh, knowing that, I know that what what they have implemented and planned for this new device is that eventually they'll be able to add future tech and you further implement the use of the device even better and more. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's countless 
opportunities that they have with this if they're going to do it this way. This is going to be exciting to actually watch and see what they do with it now. Mm-hmm. So it's probably it's going to be a little bit down the line. So it's probably going to be like another probably like six months before we hear about this again. But I definitely I definitely want to keep an eye out on this because like like I said the two I, the, the the two separate eye display things really gets me gets those brain juices going. You know Indeed. what I'm saying? Um. Uh, moving on. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, moving on. Doom Eternal has been pushed back to March. Uh, um, uh, it will not be making its previously announced November release date. Its software has just announced. The game is instead shifting to a March 20th release date on uh, uh, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, the Nintendo Switch version is also no longer releasing a day and date on other platforms with other platforms and will instead arrive some at some point later. Rounding up today's announcements is the fact that Invasion Mode, which allows you to invade the campaign of other players, will not be part of the package at launch. Invasion will now be added to Doom Eternal in a free update coming post-launch. To make up for this trio of bad news, id Software has announced that Doom 64 is now a free pre-order bonus for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Doom 64 will now also re- uh, Doom 64 would n- uh, will now also release March 20th on all four platforms, which is likely to disappoint Switch fans expecting the game this November. Um, again, I've said this before about other things that have been delayed. I'm all right with it. Yep. Just means they because can giving. Yep, giving a game more time to become you know more epic. So the the the, uh, the relation that I made with it, you know, is that uh, like Bloodstain. Bloodstain took a really long time to get here, but uh, in all of the delays, they were constantly showing us exactly how different the game was over the time that they've been given. And from like what they started with to what we have now is a stark difference. Oh God, yes. You know, I I'm very happy that you know they took the extra time that mm-hmm. they did. You know, artistically, musically, everything like the just beautiful game you know it doesn't you know it doesn't come without its flaws but you know you know it 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 got to us exactly what i wanted it to be like like a symphony of the night you know predecessor you know what i'm saying so i want like id software to have all the time that they need to make sure that they give us doom game that's of doom quality you know what i'm saying you know like doom 3 i feel was like when they said, hey, we're going to do Doom 3, and everybody got super excited for it, and they kind of rushed it, it, that's the perfect example of what not to do, mm. you know? So be careful, and just take your time, and make sure that you give us a game that's like the last Doom was, which was bueno. The last Doom was very good. So make sure that's what you get, you know? Um, yeah, it just gives them time so, to fix bugs or anything like that. So they don't have oh, people yeah, yeah. complaining for and those all, five months like, instead. I mean, complaining about, right, wow, I don't have my game right now is not as bad as, oh, your game is crappy because this is happening. I got stuck here. How come you guys haven't fixed this? And, right. You know. It's it's on the same line of like invasion mode not coming out with the game. That's also fine because you want to be able to make sure that the, that the game is going to be smoothed out to the point where okay now it can handle invasion mode you know so i'm okay with all these delays just make sure you know you take the time to refine the game so that it is of the doom quality that i expect as one of probably the most fanatical doom fans you will probably ever find anywhere 
Yeah. So. Uh, okay, so remember when I said that this uh, the, uh, the 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 Steam thing giving us like the uh, co-op multiplayer on- online thing was the number two. Uh, this is number one. One Punch Man, a hero to uh, the hero nobody knows, is headed for closed beta. One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows, is coming to closed beta next month. Uh, the upcoming fighting game for de- from developer uh, Spike Chunsoft will enter into closed beta starting November 1st through November 4th, publisher Bandai Namco announced today. Check below for the full schedule. There's four days, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you want to check out this multiplayer PvP, whack around some AI and single player, or just play around with its character customization feature, you'll be able to claim code for the game starting October 30th. Closed beta for One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows, is only available to Epic loyalty program members, however, and will be on a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows, is coming to Xbox One, PS4, and PC. No word on an official release date yet. Um, oh my god. So, let's just head this off with, if you if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen One Punch Man yet, go do yourself a service, take like, and, and the series isn't really even that long either. It's only two like, seasons. How many so episodes? Uh, Punch Man. Like, it's not even that long. It's 24 plus 7 OVAs. So it's, it's not even like one of those things that's going to take you forever, you know? So, go do yourself a favor... And go watch One Punch Man because it is it is honestly in my top five animes of all time, and I absolutely love <laughs> Saitama as a character. <laughs> He's just we yep. put some underground. Yeah, see, it's see? just too good, man. Yep, and that's what I'm talking about. It just looks so amazingly cool. Like, just being able to, like, play as some of, like, the One Punch Man characters is going to be neat. But I think, like, playing as, like, a C-class hero and then just having, like, the actual hero show up and be like, all right, you're crap, boom, get punched aside and let the real heroes do the work. Oh, so cool. I love it. So I am definitely going to do my very best to get into this beta. And if I do get into it, trust me, I am going to be streaming the ever-living fucking Oh, yeah, this. no, this... I'm a big fan of the anime, too. I only just recently got to watch it. Loved it. It's one of the more comical uh, animes I've watched recently, so... Uh, and, and again, just because how overpowered he is and just how, like, ridiculous he can be. It's just... Oh. Just, yeah, you gotta watch it. Game Hunters, right. go so, fucking watch. God damn, watch the whole yeah. goddamn thing. Don't, don't let the... Do not let the animation... Yeah mess with how good because that's what kept me away from it for so long and I was like fine right, that's yeah. the same thing that happened with One Piece oh, I don't really know which One Piece it looks stupid no it, I fucking love that show now it so is, same thing with One Punch Man it so it's so good it is so yeah. good it is so amazingly yeah. good just kind of just ignore the fact that the animation does what it does and then just keep up with the fact that it's just so good as an animation or, or, or as an anime just like it's top five in my book it's God, just go go watch it. Go watch it. Alright, um, moving on from that, um, Overwatch is getting a tie-in, uh, tie-in young adult movie, or, movie, I'm sorry, my cat is 
doing strange Don't worry things. about it. I was watching the spider going down my wall earlier, and I'm, I'm not a fan of spiders, so I'm just like, <laughs> I know he's back there somewhere, or he could be walking towards me, and I'm just like... She, she was chasing something. I, I wish I had a cat anyway. to give chase oh. after fucking spider. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Overwatch... <laughs> Overwatch is getting a tie-in young oh. adult novel about Effie Oladili, Ola Orissa's creator. Uh, Overwatch lore fiends are going to get a whole new novel's worth in 2020. Scholastic Inc. is publishing The Hero of Numbani. Uh, Hero of Numbani, marked as the first Overwatch book on May 5th, 2020. Uh, page for it has appeared on Amazon and was spotted by Paul. It is being written so by sorry. Nikki Drayton, whose previous works entitled The Prey of Gods, Temper, a Novel, and Delightfully Twisted Tales. Uh, here's a complete description from the store page. In the technologically advanced African city of Numbani, it is in the not-so-distant future, humans live in harmony with the humanoid robots known as Omnics. When the terrorist tries, when, but when a terrorist tries to shatter that unity, a hero named Effie Oladili rises. Effie has been making robots since she was little, machines to better her community and improve people's lives. But after she witnesses Doomfist's catastrophic attack on the city's OR-15 security robots, Effie feels the call to build something greater, a true guardian of Numbani. While Doomfist sows discord between humans and Omnics, Effie engineers an intelligent and compassionate robot, Orissa, named after the powerful spirits who guide her people. Orissa has a lot to learn before she's ready to defeat Doomfist, but Effie has some learning to do too, especially when it comes to building and being a hero. With Doomfist rallying his forces and the military powerless to stop him, can Effie mold Orissa into the hero of Numbani before it's too late? This action-packed novel features fan-favorite characters Effie, Orissa, Doomfist, and Lucio, and an all-new original story straight from the minds of Overwatch game team and critically acclaimed author Nikki Drayton. As the title is published by Scholastic, we anticipate a novel aimed at younger readers, but we'd expect that Overwatch fans will want to read it for new bits of lore anyway. Well, of course, for younger readers, but fucking Scholastic. Yeah. Um, dude, I don't understand why this hasn't happened before now. Uh, Overwatch has a lot of lore in it. It has a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, lots and, of like, periodic. Like periodically, every once in a while, you'll get like a like a ten minute short story from Blizzard, like explaining some characters' backstories. Like, like I will say, like May's backstory. Oh my god! Oh, that was so good. Like just learning about like like what causes her to be in the situation she's in now. Oh, that was it was really powerful, really strong. And it's like, all right. We need to do this for everybody now. But there needs to be deeper stories. Like, why was May there in the first place? You know, who are the people <coughs> she was with? You know? So, <coughs> like, even as just, like, an FPS, there's, like, so much that can be go- that could go into, like, uh, like, novels like this. Like, I have the entire series of Resident Evil novels just sitting over wherever they're sitting over there. And the Resident Evil novels are really good. You know, you know, they kind of go along with the game. You know, they kind of just, but there's like little extra details of you know what happens between specific characters. And you learn a little bit more about Wesker or Jill and stuff like that. So, I think that that they can really take advantage of a, such a lore-rich game as Overwatch and make some more stuff like this, like books and novels and stuff like that. You know. Or make a movie. 
trust me, if there was an Overwatch movie, I'm relatively sure lots of people would go watch it. I know I would. I don't know. It seems like when they do video game movies, they do not do as well as they could. Yeah. The only movie that I can think of that actually done well, and I don't think they actually released it in the theater, was that Final Fantasy one. The Advent Children one. Oh, Advent Children. That was actually pretty good, but I mean... That was a good movie. I'm pretty sure it didn't come out in theater. It just released directly on video, which was fine. Well, we got other Final Fantasy movies that we're not going to talk about. Spirits Within. But if that wasn't called Final Fantasy, Mm -hmm. everyone would have been fine with it. It would have been a fine movie, but it was a Final Fantasy movie, so it wasn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving right along, uh, oh. Dr. Er, Dr. Kawashima's brain training game is coming to the Switch. That is awesome. Um, so there's an update to the story that I'll read first. Uh, an October 11th YouTube video from Nintendo UK officially announced Dr. Kawashima's brain training will drop January 3rd, 2020. Until now, we only knew that brain training was coming to the Switch in Japan as a Japanese trailer was released at the beginning of October. Uh, this, the UK trailer confirms the game will be available elsewhere and will also give us an idea of its features. Uh, the announcement trailer and the official review confirmed that the game will feature classic and new challenges, some of which will make use of the Joy-Con's IR motion camera. Uh, here are some of the challenges that will be included in Dr. Kawashima's brain training. Uh, finger calculations with the Joy-Con IR motion camera solve math problems using your fingers. Uh, rock, paper, scissors. Using the Joy-Con IR motion camera, try to win rounds of rock, paper, scissors. Uh, word scrambles. Uh, photographic memory. Uh, dual task. Leap over hurdles while choosing the biggest number. Bird watching. Ah, uh, Sudoku! Uh, hand, uh, hand, hand over Joy-Con to a friend to compete and count the birds the fastest. Uh, box counting. Share a Joy-Con and compete to try to remember the number of boxes. There's also a way to calculate your brain age score by completing a series of back-to-back exercises that will challenge your information processing speed, short-term memory, and self-control. The woman in the trailer didn't seem at all pleased with her brain age revealed to be 62. Um, I'm not going to read the original story. Uh, I love Me brain Me too, dude. I love yes. that game. Um, if you guys haven't played, if you if you didn't play uh, Brain Age, um, it was for the Nintendo DS, and it was basically it was nothing more than just kind of like a little game with mathematical and word exercises yep. that kind of kept your mind, you know, flowing. And it kind of like there were competitive portions to it, where it was like, how fast can you do one hundred math yep. problems? How fast can you do five hundred math? Problems? That kept me sane through so like, many overnights at doing security. Just sitting there in my car with like, nothing else to do except watching, like, I don't know, one of the Star Trek series and just playing friggin' Sudoku all night long. Oh, that was the shit. Oh, I loved it. And, oh, man. Brain Age was so yeah. fun. And, like, just trying to keep your brain age down over, like, weeks and months and seeing how low you can get it. Can I get my brain age to 20? Can I get it to 20? Come on. Can I get it to 20? 23! Damn! <laughs> like, all right, whatever. It's good enough. But uh, Brain Age was fun. Brain Age was great. And seeing that this uh, Dr. Kawashima's brain training is going to be like basically a new Brain Age for the Switch. Bueno. I'm really happy for that. That's pretty awesome. Um, So moving along, uh, Borderlands 3, uh, uh, Borderlands 3 anniversary event dates. Um, The rare spawn hunt is almost over. Um, 
Borderlands franchise celebrates its 10th birthday this month, and Gearbox is throwing a party to celebrate the occasion. For all of October and for a few first days of November, special loot events will pop up in Borderlands 3. It's nothing short of busting open a birthday pinata, if the pinata were full of guns. You can see the full schedule below. Uh, Borderlands 3 is currently in the midst of a rare spawn hunt. The event guarantees that rare enemies will spawn more often, and the odds of getting a unique legendary drop loot drop from one of them has also oh, increased. Wow. It's only available through next week, so jump on that hunt while you can. Uh, Borderlands, so the anniversary dates, the first week is October, f uh, that's already over. Uh, the rare spawn hunt's going on right now. Uh, next week will be Show Me the Iridium, which is good because, you know, I want more Iridium. Uh, week 4, October 22nd to 28th, Mayhem will be Mayhem on Twitch. On Twitch. Oh, I'm curious to see what that is. And then the last is October 29th to the 1st, which is a spooky surprise. Oh, spooky. So, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to all that. Um, during the... Uh, the details of the other four events are forthcoming through the spooky surprise late in October will line up with what we have heard about the Bloody Harvest free DLC. But Gearbox may have other Halloween haunts planned as well. Meanwhile, Gearbox is also issuing a patch of optics <coughs> that addresses some balance and performance issues. For more on Borderlands, check out some blah 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 blah. So the rare spawn hunt right now are um, Rackman which has the Night Flyer. I've also I've already seen the Night Flyer. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not going to go over all it's of these. It's this legendary grenade, man. What the fuck? It's piss. <laughs> oh. I don't know who that is. A thunk and sloth. Thunk and sloth. It's piss. Legendary grenade, man. Oh. So, I think my favorite out of all of these so far is um, Rackman. So, Rackman, the first one... Is he's clearly he's where you're fighting um, uh, pain uh, 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 pain and heller or whatever or, or pain and hell or whatever I can't remember what his name is it's it's the pen and teller guys you're supposed to be fighting them um, if you deviate off the path there's this little cave in the back which clearly is the bat cave and because there's no bats on Pandora we have racks so he's rack man which drops the night flyer pistol. Okay, cool. It's a Batman pistol. Why does Batman have a gun? The red text on it says, I have only one rule. The gun can't kill anything. The gun can take everything to one hit point. But can't, you kill, can't kill anything with it. Wow. Which kind of goes along the whole Batman idea. So, you know. I mean, if you have dual pistols, you can use the other one to kill it. But... You know, I, I th this is pretty cool. You can see some of the other things here, you know, yeah. going, you know, Masterwork it's Crossbow. Piss. Off of, it's piss! <laughs> it's piss. Pro Jesus. Trust me, when you, when you throw it, it probably looks like you're peeing, because that's what Borderlands is about. Toilet humor. Legendary rocket launcher. My god. The hi Oh, the yeah. hive? Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, so Borderlands 3, you've got three, four weeks of stuff to do. Now we're down to three weeks, but whatever. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, moving on, uh, the last point, piece of little information that I have here is going to apply to you, Stefan, and um, I think Steve plays this oh, game yeah. as well, right? Um, uh, Stardew Valley's Everything Update will add post-marriage life mm -hmm. content. 
Mm. Uh, getting married and having kids will no longer be the end of your in-game life. Uh, in the farming simulator RPG Stardew Valley, there's not much you can do once you're married and have kids. Stardew Valley. Those looking for it, there's no end-game content. However, developer Eric Concerned Ape Bar uh, Barone is hoping to change that in their game's next update, patch 1.4. The new 1.4 update does add some depth to the post-marriage life, some additions that I'm proud of and I hope are very heartwarming for players. But I know that there will always be more that can be done, Barone said in an interview with UDSG. I've been unofficially calling 1.4 the everything update because it touches pretty much every aspect of the game in some way or another. One of my major goals was to add in a lot of quality of life features that make the game more convenient and effortless to play. Barone said that the, one point, the patch 1.3 and the update that specifically adds multiplayer to Stardew Valley is also very close to being ready for Xbox One. I don't personally do the console port, but from what I've gathered, every console has different tech and different requirements to meet, he said. Barone has partnered up with one other person to continue supporting Stardew Valley, but is also simultaneously working, on so, uh, working solo on a new unannounced project. Um... In GameSpot's <coughs> Stardew Valley review, Mary Kate wrote, Stardew Valley is such a lovely experience that encourages you to go out and be the best you can be in whichever task that brings you the most joy. Stardew Valley motivates naturally with blissful optimism. As the indie game scene grows more competitive and ideas within space grow increasingly complex, the more independent developers are joining forces on small teams. Of course, there are still developers like Barone that prefer to work alone. In June 2019, we spoke to Braid's Jonathan Blow, Splunky's Derek Yu, Return, blah, 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 all these people. You can click on, you can go to this thing and talk about, they talk about, like, doing solo development. Um, you'll have to talk about this a little bit more than I do, Stefan, because you will know more about this than well, I do. honestly, Barone is probably one of, like, the more down-to-earth indie developers you'll probably ever like follow or you know when you right. read any of his stuff like everything everything that he does with this game is just fantastic honestly he listens to to uh, fans and stuff like that he pays attention to mods that people make and things that people actually want to see in game and he knows that we like if he updated this game for the next fucking 20 years people are gonna want that still because it's that good a game honestly it, it's it's very, uh, what is it? It's along the lines of like Harvest Moon and stuff like that, where like you're running a farm and stuff, and you're you got to get married, or you don't have to get married, but you can get married and you can have kids. You're not limited to who you can get married to. It can be men or women. If you're a man or a woman, doesn't matter. Like you know, cool. you can adopt kids as well. You can uh, you can just fly solo for the rest of your life if that's what you want to do. Like there's just so many different ways to play this game, and there's so many just fun aspects. And just different ways of managing and looking after your farm alone. That yeah, it, it, it has so much replayability. And every time we play, we never have a disappointing time. It's always good. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you know, maybe they might this this new 1.4 thing is going to say, hey, maybe there's going to be like your kids grow up, and you know, you have to, I don't know, have some sort of issues with them or something like that. I don't know. So. Maybe there'll be some uh, things that you guys might find interesting going on with that uh, with that update. So, um, all right, that'll do it for uh, my section and the news. So I will pass the torch right on over to you. Thank Stephanie. you, thank you, sir. All right. Well, as you know, uh, we are going to start with. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. No, wait a minute. Hold on. 
I've been here for two no, weeks. So I haven't been able to announce this properly, <laughs> have I? I've been able to announce my favorite section, your favorite section. It should be everybody's favorite section, because if you've been paying attention for the last few weeks, it better be your favorite section. It's Steam Q. Alright. Well, here we go. So it doesn't look like it's disappointing I, I, so far. Ukulele in the impossible I, layer? I am going to predict this week we are going to have more cool games than bad ones. I hope so. I feel this is, this is going to be a good Steam Cube. Well, it just released uh, Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. Uh, it looks like it already has positive reviews. It looks really good for a platformer. It's not 3D. It's 2D-ish. Like 2 like two and a half D, I guess. Is that what you call it? And I'm, this is this is Ukulele is long in, in the... Uh, in the, in the main oh yeah, but this is the second um, game. I'm pretty sure the first one was all like 3D. This is this, like this one here is more 2D based. Looks like oh oh oh, oh this is the yeah, second one. This just came out. Oh okay. Well, I didn't realize that. It shows you how much I was paying. Attention so yeah, this to it. this actually looks really good. I've already put it on my wish list because it looks nice. It looks like the new Donkey Kong. Yes, it does. Yes, it it absolutely yeah. does, and that's saying a lot too. If you can, if you can like compare a game to like Donkey Kong Country or something like that, you know oh, you're yeah. doing good. And it definitely has that Donkey Kong Country Indeed. vibe to it, which is a very Indeed. good thing. Oh, this looks so, nice. Yeah, good All start. Right, let's go to the next in our queue. Pilgrims. Adventure, casual indie, funny, hand drawn. What the hell? Looks like it's a card game. Right up Scott's alley. <laughs> I actually enjoy the uh, the way it looks so far. It kind of looks like an inventory, actually. Just yeah. kind of just instead of having like an inventory, you have cards, the cards yeah. that are right I there. I guess you use for different. It's kind of like a like some sort of like frontier trading and trying to interact with people and giving them the right things. I'm not sure how I feel with this. Smallpox blankets. I don't think I'll ignore it, but I don't think it's going to go to my wish list. Yeah. Looks promising. Next we have Pagui. Action adventure RPG indie horror. Uh, Excuse me? Ooh. Interesting. Excuse me? Ooh. Excuse me, I can't Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. We have some uh, gameplay here. Alright, I can take this. This kind of gives me some, like... Kind of makes me feel like it's like Jade Empire hmm. a little bit. If you play Jade Empire, no, I'm sure. sure. But this looks interesting so far. Yeah, it looks, looks interesting. This is a long trailer too. Oh, oh shit! Oh, okay, here we go. Stuff is happening. Question? What? Oh, that can't be good. Oh, these are some crazy-looking puzzles. Oh, that's different from the conversation and stuff. So it kind of. All right. 
That's kind of neat. So that's what I'm saying. Like that card sort of gives me like a jade. This definitely gives me a jade empire vibe. Whoa! If any, like, if any of you guys have played Jade Empire, uh, it does. I, I was even gonna say it does give you the Shenyu kind of vibe to it too, but with like way more action to it. Hmm. Yeah, this does look interesting. Very. Uh, does look. I don't want to say Metal Gear, but like. That looks yeah, pretty it neat. Doesn't look terrible I, by any means. I would definitely give that a try. Does look All pretty right, cool. Let's move on to our next one. Build Ultimate Sandbox Building Game. We shall see. Looks like it's Voxel. I passed over Voxel games like this before, but sometimes these can be interesting. Very bright. doesn't look bad either, actually. Yeah, it doesn't look terrible. I mean, I'm a purist. I'm like, I'm like, I'm SimCity all the way. <laughs> but, you know. Um, give me the original SimCity and I'll, you'll have me entertained for hours, man. Just. Oh, I know. I'm the same <laughs> way. Alright, it doesn't look bad. I've added it to my wish list. We're going to go on to our next game. So far, the games haven't been too bad at all. Yeah, I said. Boat fighter, wait. Maybe no. I'm coming Boat fighter. Wait, what? Boat fighter. What? What the hell? <coughs> Eddie. What in the hell is going on here? See some gameplay. Looks like the rock. Except he's, you know, not you know Samoan. Whoa, okay. No, I don't think this is my type of game. It's kind of like it's got like a beat 'em up vibe. Yeah. Art style is a little on like not quite what I like, yeah. but you know, it's I'm sure other people would enjoy it. Again, it's for me, again, it's yeah. a lot the art style for the beat 'em up is just not much sort yeah. of thing. Alright, next up we have something. Um. Um, I'm going to ignore this because I don't know what it is. I'm not even given a name. Knights and Bikes. Female protagonist. Action. Oh. Yeah, again, not a fan of the art style again. It's what the hell? I think this is more. Um, it, it, it's based with a lot more storytelling. It looks like which is not a, a bad thing by any means. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to our next game. 
Yeah. Crystal Crisis. Wait. No, I got the. Why do I feel like we we looked at this once before? Oh, this is a. Uh, because yeah, we have. I thought so. Oh, I see Astro Boy there for a second. Whispers of a Machine. Oh, Adventure 2D Point and Click Cyberpunk Sci Fi. Alright, I'm, uh, I'm not a big fan of point and clicks, so I would let the game speak for itself. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Oh, pixel graphics? See? Yes, oh, 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 okay. There you go. That's what. That's. This is what we were talking about before. We're, like, oh, we, we forgot to give that little warning at the beginning. Or we were saying, uh, like, sometimes we're not a big fan of a specific we can, type we of can game. We can do that at the end. Not... Yeah, yeah, okay. This, this is not my type of game, but I definitely can see the merit in it because it does look really nice. This looks really good. They've they done some really good pixel art. Like, that's high. Right? Like, wow. That's like some high DPI pixel art. Holy shit. Oh, that's nice. Well, is it drawn and then turned into pixel art, I wonder? It looks like that, yeah. Well, it looks like, like the actual character icons are like... Are, are hands It's more the backgrounds like, than anything else so that I'm noticing it on. That looks so good. I. That looks really yeah, good. It, it, <laughs> see, this is this is this is what we're saying. It's like six. Hello, game. I'm here to play you. <laughs> play you. See, yeah. yeah no, this looks good. Whispers of a machine. There you go, Steve. There you go. Whispers Put of a machine. Put that in wish list. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next game. See, that's it's not something I would play, but it's something that Stefan would play. So, it's oh, like, there you go. This might be something Scott might like. Ephemeral right. unnatural balance. Ephemeral unnatural. Balance. It's a bullet hell. Oh, 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 yep. What's what? Oh Lord! Now we're talking. Now Here we're talking. Here we go. <laughs> now we're talking. Give me all of this stuff. Give me my waifu. See, and my I'm not a huge fan of this kind of stuff, but Scott loves the shit out of it. Yep, yep. Give me my, give me my bullet hell waifus all freaking day. That's why I love Toho so much. That's why I love that they've shown up like in all of my rhythm games and DDR stuff. There's so much Toho in rhythm games now. It's like, oh yeah. Oh my god. See this, this for me. Oh, this is like, mm, yep. 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 I don't use a bomb. Come on, you cheater. Get through without a bomb. Oh my god. Holy crap. <laughs> oh my god. This is crazy. Nah, this ain't even crazy yet. That's probably not easy, easy dude. <laughs> probably is. Oh my god. Oh, that's a challenge, Scott. There you go. I don't think, buddy. I know. 
I know. Hell yes. I'm all about that game. 100%. There you go. You can add that one to your wish list. I won't ignore it because it doesn't look terrible. It's just... Yeah. I, I'd never oh, buy man. it because I'm is, terrible that is, at them. That is... That is hello, everything. Hello, 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 Biolab Wars. This looks like Contra-ish. Oh, Ooh. baby! What's going on here? Ooh. Oh, shit, you got shot? Now we talking. Is that a dog in a suit? What is that? Is that a cat? Foam home a little hut? A little flying monkey. Are you sure it's a monkey, not a cat? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's a cat, dude. I'm pretty sure it's a cat. Oh, this looks awesome, Scott. Hell yeah, it does. Oh shit! You know, add to wish list immediately. Hell yeah! I haven't seen man. a contra enemy actually duck like that. Well, actually, that's a lot. There are some, I know, but. Whoa! Oh, that's like that from like from like Contra Three. It's yeah. Going the other way. I was thinking the same thing. There's mother brain. Yeah. And you, and you you have hit points too. It's not just like take one hit. Okay, and die. so this looks great. That. Biolab Wars. It's already out. Yep. A dollar nineteen. What? What? No. So they're giving no this way. away. Hold on. My God. Hold on. I'm gonna. I, I have to hit Steam to just check this out right now. Hold on. Biolab Wars. Mm -hmm. We're called. We're gonna hit this up on Steam real fast and see what this is. What this is in American? Uh, that's like uh, store seventy-five cents. <laughs> Biolab Wars. It is ninety-nine cents for that game. That looked awesome. That is ninety-nine cents, folks. Biolab Wars. There you go. Go pick up a copy. Like, wow, Last really? Have, that can look great. Space Commandeeravka. Adventure in the Retro Pixel Graphics. <laughs> I'll take that all day long. Okay. What the f 30 years. Oh, and you're in a I'm time gonna, capsule? I'm what the f Oh, okay, this looks great. I love how it looks like it's going to be comical. Oh. Oh, this is like, um... Space Quest? Uh, the, the King's Quest for Space. Space Quest. What the hell is that called? Uh, Space Quest. There you go. Yeah. Ooh, that looks good, too. Shit. Yeah. Uh, we're done our queue already. Well, we got a lot more great games this week. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I have one more game that I'd like to advertise uh -huh. here. And I'd like you to click, t type this yeah. into your, 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 uh, yeah. your search bar. Yeah. I would like I would like you to type in, I love you, Colonel Sanders. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I know. Go ahead. I know. I've already seen this. Uh, this is disappointing. I'm pretty sure we already seen this. We went over this on a previous podcast, by the way. And this is... Oh, it can't be one that I, I was no. on. It had to be a guest this is... one. Oh! Why? Why is this... 
Alright, we're going to go into my news and games that we're featuring this week. Yeah, I know, I know, game, I know, I know. Why is this a game? Oh my god! Anyways, we're going to go into an update on one of the games that we're following right now. Sarah oh. Jane Avery's oh, C64 Schmup Project. Oh, yes, dude, yes, dude. please. We are Please. also, uh, excuse me, uh, we are going to pause our music because we're playing the audio on this. Because the uh, oh, soundtrack cool. for this game sounds phenomenal. And I may ask Sarah if, she, if I could, like, have... Oh, Sarah Jane, please come onto our podcast. Please, Oh, God, please, I'd please be to totally podcast. down, but... Uh... Please come on so we can talk <laughs> to you. We would love to talk to you. Here we go. So the game sounds are really good. I like them. It sounds very satisfying when things blow up. And the soundtrack is good. It actually sounds like something you'd hear on the NES, to be honest with you. The soundtrack sounds fucking awesome. I gotta ask her who's also composing, because if it was her, then that means not only is she a developer, but she's also a good composer, because... I love it. Oh, ah, oh. And so Scott hasn't seen, gotten to see too much of any of her stuff recently. So Man. let's just go and give Scotty a little oh. update as well. That was just number. That was twelve Come right on. there. Let's pause that. We're gonna go over here. Man, oh, this is more. Oh, yeah. more? There's also a oh. stage, uh, Soul Force stage eleven. Here we go. Please. No. No. No, it's gone. No. <laughs> Why is it gone? Uh, is the music still here for this one? Stage 10. Ah, this is it. No. No. Oh. Okay. Let's go. Oh man, I love the soundtrack, dude. It's so good. Holy crap! <laughs> right. The other one had the boss in it. Oh. God damn! So good! So good! So good. Alright, I'm sorry. That was, yeah. So anyways, I know it's coming out for the C64, but uh, if, if we can even get a ROM to play it on the C64, oh. I'm sure Scott oh. would have... Oh. He oh would definitely play this. I, I would please. I would watch him play this. I would I would co commentate while he oh plays this. Oh god, please come onto our podcast. We would <laughs> love to have you. Always welcome to the podcast. If uh, if you if you'd ever like to do some sort of interview, that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All about that. All right. 
We're going to go into our news from IndieRetroNews.com. This week we have Rygar, AGA. Tecmo's arcade game as an Amiga conversion is finally here. So, on the... T- oh, wait. Did I... Hold on. Make sure... Uh, okay, I was, this is what I was doing before I started the podcast. I wanted to make sure I didn't uh, miss anything. So, on the 23rd of December, 2018, we surprised the community with an announcement that Tecmo's 1986 arcade game of Rygar, the Legendary Warrior, was unofficially coming to the Amiga after being released on many different systems, including the C64 and ZX Spectrum. Well, fast forward to today, and there's been some incredible news for the Amiga community, as thanks to a heads up through our email, Seismic Minds has finally released the Rygar AGA Amiga conversion. Ooh. Nice. Nice. Really want to see what this looks like. Alright, so when we first showed this upcoming game for the Amiga by McGeezer, the same creator buying the most excellent Bomb Jack Beer Edition, it was merely a long scrolling project as many features and graphics were not yet implemented. Thankfully, that is now a distant memory as thanks to a team of people such as McGeezer, DJ Mattoon, Ross, PHX, Invent, DLF, Silver, and Damien D., you can now play the full version, complete with fabulous graphics, smooth frame rates, plenty of enemies, power-ups, and other cool bits that I won't mention as to not spoil the great conversion. Wow, it looks, looks really fucking good. smooth as hell, dude. That looks great. This is what I'm talking about, man. This this oh is why God, I'm so happy to bring awesome. people stuff like the C64s, ZX Spectrum, and Amiga. Because you can still play some, and I know, yes, you can play this on the NES. You can all, this sounds more along the lines of the arcade version than the NES version. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. That was awesome. Actually, I don't. I don't know if I should say this or not. I'd almost say this almost looks better than the NES version. Yes. Yeah, I will agree with you. Like I said, this is more along the lines of the arcade version than anything else. Mm-hmm. It looks hard as fuck. Oh yeah, my god. And don't worry, we're going to be featuring some hard games being converted this week. Woo! Damn. Oh, nice. And you're friends with all the people lying with the Amiga. Indeed. It sounds really good, dude. Like, it sounds yeah, wow. very that's, much that's, like that's, the arcade. This is. That's, that's really impressive. Like, I, I'll just straight up, like, I'm very impressed. Can I just take the time right now to say that I love doing this podcast? Man, we, no, seriously, <laughs> like, just hearing yeah. the sounds from that was so fucking nostalgic. Oh, my right. God. I, I, I love that we get to see games like this all the time. This is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Especially classic games yeah. like Rygar, man. Like, oh, man. That's so cool. Which I've not played much of, so I'm going to be terrible whenever I get to play that game. Uh, oh, I played I played a decent amount of Rygar. All right, up next, we have Bruce Lee RX. An enhanced ZX Spectrum Bruce Lee has been announced. Pretty sure we went over a Bruce Lee game before, and uh, I don't think we were that impressed by it, so let's hope that this one's a little bit better. 
We've uh, certainly featured the 1984 game of Bruce Lee more than a few times now, especially with games such as Evil E Curb for the Atari for the Atari XLXE and Bruce Lee Return of Fury released on the C64. But now we look towards something incredible for our retro kicks, as Alan Turvey has announced that Bruce Lee RX is not only fully playable, but at, as a treat, it will be available this weekend. Oh, right now! For you guys to try it exclusively at Play Expo Blackpool. Oh, it's probably over. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Alright, so let's throw this out. Whoa. Version of my LT software for Ocean. Oh, right. Okay. So what is Bruce Lee RX, you ask? Well, thanks to Alan Turvey, Peter Smith, and Jim Bagley, it looks as if it, this upcoming Bruce Lee experience... Is not only a graphical overhaul with inclusive sprite changes, background, and an enhanced level detail change, but there may be other changes that have yet to be announced which will all be revealed this upcoming weekend. So yes, keep changing this article because as soon as the game is available for download, we will update and post the download link below. <coughs> what? It looks strange. Zach Spectrum. Oh, oh, okay, okay. You can go through the next screen. Okay, this is Prince of Persia, like, huh? Hi. Oh, oh, you gotta get the bells or something or the lanterns. Is that what I'm trying to understand here? Oh shit! He just kicked that guy right in the face. Fuck you, buddy. Oh, the sumo wrestler is still after him. Ah. Uh. It's that guy from, uh... Um... Oh, okay. oh, I was gonna say, what are you gonna do against the sumo, though? Oh, shit. Okay. Pop. Oh. oh. Okay, so this is way more... Oh, shit, they're coming after him! Oh, they don't stop! They're just coming forever. They don't They don't care at all. <laughs> Boom. Oh, sumo's... Co oh, no, he didn't care. He's all like, I'm gonna go back for that lantern. Oh, here comes the ninja, here comes the sumo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is actually more interesting than I thought it was going to be. This is alright. Oh! Sumo killed himself! Fuck you, buddy. Uh-oh, lightning! Okay, no, I, I heard the lightning. The electricity is what I meant to say. Oh, shit. Oh! He almost he almost killed the friggin' dude with the... The, the ninja dropped down and almost killed the sumo with the fire. Look! Jesus. My, my only gripe with this is what is this? Have to I have no Bruce idea. Lee? Well, I guess the character is Bruce Lee. I don't know. What's but up? anyways, I, mean, I, I, I I guess so. But like again, it's a fast-moving, like very... interesting ZX Spectrum game. I, I'm I'm <laughs> thankful for that. Like it, it looks like it's decent action. I'm just super curious of what this has to do with Bruce Lee. Doesn't take away from like how like well made this does. This oh yeah. Does look. And again, for in the, the, it's not like the ZX Spectrum is like an intensive piece of hardware either. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go to our next game, which is oh, I I specifically brought up this article that they had up there. We covered this, but you weren't here for this. Hyperborean upcoming bullet hell shooter gets an Amiga update. 
So, Thandi Amiga, look at that beautiful title screen, pixely deliciousness, Jesus. And let's just start going. I don't know why it's, what's going on. Okay, it was it, it was just oh a my uh, demo screen. Okay, stop at the demo screen. I want to see some like actual gameplay. Come on, man. Oh, are they actually playing right now? Alright, so they just keep showing the demo over and over. That's fine. Work in progress. That's cool. Wait. Wow. Though, for... So, yeah. The Amiga is certainly living the high life at the moment uh, with all the homebrew games previously released and new ones that are yet to come. But there's another game that may grace our Commodore screens at some point in the near future, and that's Hyperborea, an upcoming Amiga game from the Amiga Dream Team that's classified as a bullet hell shooter that requires at least a stock A1200 or above. According to the team behind Hyperborea, thanks to a heads up from Per Ola, not only did they say that Hyperborea will be the world's first real Danmaku bullet hell shoot 'em up for the Commodore Amiga, but they all have also said that this is being developed for classic stock Amiga 1200 computers and above, and will be created using pure handcrafted assembler with the finest of pixel art, two-player simulations uh, modes, the highest of bullet counts on such a machine, as well as smooth 50 hertz scrolling, and tons of arcade shoot 'em up action. So, yeah. We're going to be watching for more of this. Looks really good. Hell yeah, man. That looks really, <laughs> man, really nice. Man, the Amiga seems like it's a decent piece of hardware, uh, for sure. I need to oh, get yeah. my hands on one of those. And another game that we also covered that you weren't here for, sir. Another PC shoot 'em up. This is uh, called Remote Life, and there is a demo. So let's press. Boy, I tell you, it's been like on a week. All right. So other than adventure games and platformers, uh, apparently the the guy who wrote this said that they've had a great fondness for shoot 'em ups from retro games such as Air Titan Project X to modern inspirations such as the fabulous Super High Hydora. Uh, there isn't a shoot 'em up that they turn away from just to pick up a power up and blast a few waves of enemies. So to see a high quality shoot 'em up listed on Steam as Remote Life, which has now been released, they had to spread the word. And it does look like it's a good game. Uh, it's not your typical 2D side scrolling shoot 'em up either. But according to creators, next game level, the game doesn't just feature huge 3D pre rendered sprites that are gorgeously animated. Set with beautiful backgrounds befitting to an alien world. But if that wasn't enough, the bosses look so infinitely creepy and scary that the CG artists had to design them with closed eyes. Well, I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, they, wow. They yeah. So, so yes, if all of this sounds oh so God. awesome with the inclusive deadly weaponry at your disposal, it might be worth your time checking it out right now. So I figured I'd also bring this up to you, Mr. Scott, because uh, yeah. you are a fan of this sort of stuff. And it looks clean. Yes, I mean, I it's am. not super pixely, but it's clean yes, it as fuck. Do. Yes, it does. <coughs> oh, yes, it so. does. Ooh, something I think uh, Six would enjoy looking at as well. Gold Rush! Sunlight Games launches a retro label with an Amiga Classic that you can pre-order. Alright, so... Oh, oh. 
Oh, I love all that stuff that comes with it. Okay, so this year has been amazing for the Amiga, especially as we've announced upcoming games such as Rygar, AGA, Metro Siege, Invia, oh, and even Kung Fu Master. But one such company wants us to relive the golden years of the Commodore Amiga, as thanks to a heads up from Sunlight Games. They have told us that they are going to announce a new retro label with an upcoming release of a special edition of the Commodore Amiga game Gold Rush, an adventure game originally published by Sierra in 1989. Let's press play here. <laughs> Alright, so according to the press release, Sunlight Games will soon launch the retro label Retrotainment, under which old and new games for systems from the 80s and 90s will be released in classic box. Oh. <laughs> Alright. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, okay? I'm definitely going to okay? get some toilet paper. Alright, so, it starts with a special edition of Gold Rush for classic Amiga computers. Sunlight Games developed the 2014 remake of the classic Gold Rush PC game. The newly released Amiga version will be released in a classic cardboard box with a banderole. Ban banderole? I might be not saying that word properly. Uh, Gold Rush takes you back to the year 1849 when gold was discovered in California. It was certainly one of the most exciting times in American history. Gold Rush includes the three, uh, the three routes tens of thousands took to the gold regions. Become Jared Wilson and experience each trek as you travel from New York to California. The game features a unique art design, causing you to travel back to the middle of the 19th century. Three different western routes, three adventures in one game, and finally a parser interface with the special edition, including great accessories such as those listed below. Two game, uh, game on two discs for the Amiga. This printed uh, colored label, printed manual. Uh, let's see, uh, a PC remake anniversary playable uh, on PC with the internet connection. Da, 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 da. Uh, all right, so on the CD you get the book California Gold for copy protection, drawings, ADF game files, printed certificate including the serial number of the limited ooh special edition. Printed DI or yeah, printed DIN A1 poster on a high quality paper. Printed label of the game logo. CD contains the ADF files, the copy of content, and the discs with a free tool. Okay, that's cool because not all the uh, apparently they have problems reading discs. So no, that's pretty cool. I like this is basically what they're giving you. That that I want to. <laughs> mm. I need to get an Amiga, dude. <laughs> Jesus, it was bad enough wanting to switch. <sighs> Alright, up next. Oh! <laughs> ah! Girls and Goblins, overhaul in development for the Amstrad gets a great update tease. Oh, you, I told you we were going to look at some higher games. Oh. Yeah. Alright. Alright, so the Amstrad more, especially the plus range, including the GX4000, is really starting to impress, especially with the Shadow of the Beast demo shown off the Amstrad CPC Plus in 2017, and the incredible Pinball Dreams in the CPC range, which was released just recently. But, today's update is once again showing us just how good the Amstrad is. As thanks to a heads up by Golem13, he has shown us the latest screenshots for the Ghosts and Goblins overhaul that is coming to an Amstrad near the next month that is being coded by Golem13, graphics by Winner, and sound effects by Ixion. 
According to Golem, he said, in preparation for the next Alchemy 13 meeting, which will take place on the 1st to the 3rd of November 2019, in Tain-le-Hertage, sorry, France. Tain. Yeah. Uh, here are some pictures of the game, which will be freely playable in its latest version, on the Amstrad 6128+. Plus. He goes on to say, developments are still progressing. Currently, levels 1 through 3 are playable. The others are partially implemented and still in progress. The current work mainly consists in approaching original patterns and behaviors, always paying close attention to details. His goal is to produce a pleasant and truly playable game to offer a new Ghosts and Goblins experience to the fans of the game. So, it looks like it's very similar to the arcade, actually. Which, again, I'm not surprised, but... The the NES version wasn't that far from the arcade version, anyways. So. It really wasn't. It does definitely look like definitely more closer to its. So arcade here here's a game that's not fun to look forward to, <laughs> but at the same time is because it's a good game. It's just that it's so yeah. fucking hard, it's like, man. Man, it's gonna be ghost. It'll be ghost goblins. Awesome. And then you start playing, it's like, oh right, yeah. this is ghost goblins. It's, mm. it's hateful. It's hateful. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so up next. Oh. Okay. Sabotage, a neat little action game as a Ludum Dare 45 entry. Would you like to play a game where you start with nothing but still able to do maximum harm to your enemies? Then take a look at Sabotage. A brand n- entry in the Ludum for- uh, Dare 45 competition from Deep Knight, in which the aim of the game as a naked. As a naked Colonel Jean-Francois Hubert from the French Army is to improvise by any means possible to kill your enemies. Wow, alright. Let's, let's okay. watch this, shall we? Oh, it's a GIF? What? Oh, Jesus! Alright. You can actually just throw them into spikes? That's, okay. Oh, shit. Alright, so this might be a, game, a short game created okay. in 72 hours using hacks language with added music by David Whitaker from the game Leatherneck, Atari ST version for the Ludum Dare Compo. But trust me, you'll be having a lot of fun in this charming little game. Pick up your enemies, throw them against spikes or exploding barrels, or find a knife in the floor and go game stabby stab. <laughs> I can dig it. Hey, if it was only dig. made in like, I like, I like three the, days. 72 hours, yeah. Oh, I like yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah, it doesn't well, look bad good at all. Too. Oh, you yeah. play online right now. Boom. Alright. Alright, up next we have. I don't know how to pronounce this probably, but Seasonoid. A uh, Cybernoid-inspired game available for download for Windows and Linux. And look at how old school it looks. If you had a ZX Spectrum, Atari ST, Amstrad CPC, C64, NES, or Amiga, chances are you would have played Cybernoid, a shoot-em-up published in 1987 by Houston Consultants that is regarded by many as a very challenging, albeit very enjoyable game with fabulous music by Jérôme Tell, or... Joshin Hippel. Well, if you do remember the game and did have a chance to play it, you might be interested to know that that Triple A 
has finally released his Cyberman-inspired game, Seasonoid, for Windows and Linux. Let's take a look. Okay. Oh, wow, that looks real good. Oh, damn, dude, this looks good! Yeah, it feels like I'm playing on Windows 3.1 or watching this on a three Windows 3.1 screen. <laughs> this is actually a, a little bit different. Cybernode, the the, the um, your your uh, character looks the same, like the same type of ship. But Cybernode, I found, was more about puzzles than anything else. Oh shit. Oh, that's a different type of game mode. <laughs> Alright, that didn't look bad at all. No, it did not. Alright, so Season is an 8 bit inspired flick screen twin stick shooter set in an alternate dimension where the pixels are still chunky and the bad guys are black and white. Game features 50 plus rooms, 6 different power ups, a high score table, multiple game modes, and lots of enemies blasting action to keep you busy throughout. Just beware this game contains flashing images that could potentially trigger seizures for people with photosensitive epilepsy. Thank you for the warning. Epilepsy is good. Yes, sir. It looks great. It looks pretty good, though. I like that. Alright, Megazin. Block moving puzzle teaser for Amiga OCS ECS. Hmm. I always All right. things. I, I am I'm terrible at these sort of games. If it's anything like Boulder Dash or Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind. I'm, I'm terrible at this stuff. Alright, so Mania wasn't the only preview to Grace or Commodore screens, as we've also found out in part thanks to Saberman that you can now play the work in progress Commodore Amiga game magazine. Uh, that came 7th in the RetroComp 2018 competition. This very early teaser, unlike the other one we mentioned, is a puzzle game which you need to move all the rocks into the green crosses, cross squares for a successful conclusion. In the first version we played, there wasn't much to offer, as not only was there no music, but sadly at the time there was no further challenges to be had with the game, uh, quitting to a successful window once all the blocks were filled. Thankfully, the game has changed in a more positive light, and not only is the game much, uh, graphically much better, but there's a new soundtrack, multiple levels, and you can download the early version right now. So if you're into this type of game, here you go. Here you go. I've always been <laughs> terrible at these block puzzle sort of games. I always mess something oh, well, up. Oh, that's the whole point. I, oh, your bonus so, goes down depending on how many moves you use? Okay. No goof troop because I was poop at the uh, goof poop at moving blocks. <laughs> All right, so yeah, it looks like you what you normally think that this type of game would be. So. Yeah. All right, we have now. <laughs> we were just talking about it. Bubble Mania, C sixty four preview of an upcoming arcade game. All right. 
so I guess it's the same type of game. If Boulder Dash Junior 3 isn't to your liking, you want to play something else in your C64 this week, then how about this early work in progress game called Bubble Mania? Game released as a preview late last week and into the weekend is a brand new game from Elijah Gardner in which you need to use as many bubbles on screen as possible to your advantage. Okay. I guess you block in other fish or something? Huh. Oh, no, you can crush other fish with it. Oh, damn. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, you're gonna get squished. He's gonna get you. Alright, Jesus. So, regardless of a much slower version of Pengo, you play as a little fish and must avoid the sharks at all costs before they eat you up. Push the bubbles in the sharks to hurt them, push bubbles out of your way, pop bubbles to make new pathways, and as the instructions say, use strategy to block sharks in the corners and plan your escape path. There are a few known glitches at this time. <laughs> yeah, it's slow moving, but uh, at least uh, it's, it's very easy to understand what you want and have to do here. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get cut. Oh, anyways. Moving on. Alright, our last, uh, the last <laughs> thing we have from Indie Retro News this week is Jet Set Willy 2019. A new definitive conversion for the Atari XLXE. Alright. Jet Set mm -hmm. Willy, huh? Alright, so here's a game I think most of our readers would have played or heard of throughout the years, Jet Set Willy, a highly enjoyable yet difficult platform game originally written by Matthew Smith and published by software projects for many home computers such as the ZX Spectrum in 1984. If you remember the game and have an Atari XLXE, you'll be overjoyed to learn that Tez has released a new definitive conversion from scratch, which features not just high-res colors, uh, 50, 60 hertz, and sprite screen updates, but bug fixes, and Rod, uh, sorry, Rob Hubbard music, and an accurate conversion of the sound effects. That's pretty good. That's a nice new update. Playing as Jet Set Willy in a flip screen platform game, you need to move from room to room in a huge mansion collecting objects from a previous party. Otherwise, Maria, the housekeeper, won't let you back into your bedroom. Beware, the game might be one of the most enjoyable classics, but it's very challenging and might cause untold frustration on your Atari XLXE. Oh, why well, am I not surprised? It seems like one of those games. Oh, yeah. Do, 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 do. Name is Scott. Name is Scott. Sorry. Um... Alright, so, this is a different game that I had to have a look at. It's called Yes, Your Grace. And it's a reveal trailer, so we're okay. going to go watch it. It's pixely, so of course I masturbated first. You're Thanks welcome. That, that I, I didn't realize I made a video and sent it to you, but that's cool. <laughs> oh, you can... Well, why have the party keep changing? That was weird. This looks deadly! Um, mm. What's her poops at? What? 
Why is your chicken? There's so many things happening here. <coughs> the music that goes Whoa. with it. Alright. Coming in 2020. Alright, so here? that looked. Mm! <laughs> Just gonna put that out there. <laughs> Interesting. Alright, so any label No More Robots, the same people who made Descenders and the Hypnospace Outlaw, has announced Yes, Your Grace, a kingdom management sim that sounds much like Long Live the Queen meets Game of Thrones. It's at... What? I was, uh, I was gonna... <laughs> there was a little bedroom oh. scene in there, so... It's set in the Slavic-inspired kingdom of Davern, where monsters and arcane magic runs amok. You're in the boots of King Eric, as royal subjects approach him every day, requesting his help. These dilemmas can range from beasts attacking the village to a lack of places for people to relax. Due to the limited number of supplies your monarchy can provide those in need, these decisions can't be made lightly. And while it's important to make these choices in the kingdom's best interest, also remember that others may play you for their own personal gain. Lords will approach you for help for an upcoming battle, or you may have to play dirty to form alliances. Whether you are a benign ruler or a ruthless one, it will be difficult to keep everyone happy. Originally a Kickstarter project funded back in 2014, it looks like backers and other interested players won't have much longer to wait. Yes, Your Grace is due to release early 2020 with a beta coming in November. Mmm! Like oh yeah, a kingdom management sim that's pixel-based and looks like it's not your typical sim. I like that. Nope, oh, the, sure. the, the, the iron saw got me sold immediately. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be following this. I'm yeah. hoping that we get some updates on this in the upcoming weeks. Especially mm -hmm. when the beta is released. Alright, so next up is our news from IndieGamesPlus.com and we're going to get the IndieGames hey. Plus first look at What the Golf, which sounded like it was a very intriguing uh, concept, so I wanted to have a look at it. Alright, so What the Golf brings an unpredictable silliness to the sport in this week's IGP first look. Picture WarioWare, but with more clubs. Uh, I really knew, uh, rarely knew what to expect when I started uh, any given level of what the golf would I be golfing with a soccer net would I be using an office chair an entire house it's not just the use of weird objects but the game itself would morph into just about anything the developers felt like sometimes you're spider-man in a golf ball form using sticky lines to pull yourself to the hole maybe you become a kind of super mario ball and have to hop over enemies and cliffs make that stage goal or perhaps you become the embodiment of a ridiculous pun I want to have a look at this Let's play this off. Oh, 39 yeah, minutes. Jesus Christ, Superstar. Whoa, yeah, holy crap. Wait, what? What the hell? <laughs> um. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> this time you're just the golf. Okay. What the fuck? 
Holy Jesus. Like, every level is more crazy than the last. <laughs> oh, yeah, this. I played this. This is why I wanted to see it, because it sounded so interesting and unique for, like, a golf game. Right. <laughs> I kind of want to see some of the other ones. Come on now. Wait, what? Oh, what is this? What the hell? Wholesome joke. Wholesome joke. Oh. Wait, that's a huge hole to land in. Jeez, hole in what? Oh my god! Oh, I can see where the puns are coming in. Jesus, I love it. I would play, play this, this yeah. And if it and if it's only lo local co-op, we can play it multiplayer later. So. Oh, <laughs> I want to play this. Game. I, I I'd imagine there's a few people in our community that would like to play this. Perfect. Oh my God! Stop. All right, moving on. Up <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> next, yeah. we have worse than death. Faces monstrosities you cannot see. Alright, so a high school reunion gone wrong in the most terrifying way possible, besides not having any amazing accomplishments to brag to your peers. Words and Death will pit players against monsters that they can't see, but are very much a threat in this action-adventure game. You take control of Holly, the one in charge of dealing with creepy crawlies with her excellent stealth and vaulting abilities. In some sequences, you'll have to dash for your life from something you can't even see, but it will make its presence known via the lights in a room or eerie sounds. Sometimes, all you have to rely on is Holly's heartbeat, which pounds faster when danger's around, as she has quite a good survival instinct. Unfortunately, you can only run for so long, so you'll have to keep your eyes peeled as your stamina lowers, and you're dashing and vaulting for your life. Find a hiding spot and pray you don't get found. What? So, this sounds mm -hmm. like a pretty That's cool a concept. Okay, you also you also have to understand, developers, don't take this the wrong way. Uh, I am not a fan of horror. Neither games. one of us are. We're very easily um, scared people. You, uh, if I have played of my let's play history, I have played two horror games. <laughs> I played Clock Tower, and I played Five Nights at Freddy's. I played Five Nights at Freddy's for approximately three episodes <laughs> and stopped that. And there are a lot of people that say that my Clock Tower playthrough was one of the best that I've ever done. Mainly because I am a bitch. <laughs> and Clock Tower was terrifying. At least for me, anyway. Well, okay, yeah. Yeah, when I can't see what's coming... Oh, okay. What? I like the I like the pixeliness of it, but I know I'd be. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, I, I, I'm bad enough when I can see <laughs> yeah, really what's that. coming from me. Forget not being able to see what's coming at me. Alright. Cool, look, cool looking game, but I am... I'll let you, I'll let you guys play. I agree with Scott. Alright, up next. Trash Can Be Treasure in City Builder Flotsam. Alright, so putting an interesting spin on the pollution of plastics in the ocean, Flotsam takes those resources and puts them to good use. Building. Take on this gigantic ocean world and all the dangers that lurk within. Maybe even befriend a seagull or two. You'll be put in charge of some inventive drifters diving into wrecks and piles of trash to find salvageable pieces to create the city of your dreams. Stoves to cook meat. Desalination stations. Solar sills. Beds. You need to survive in the brutal sea world, after all. If you're really savvy, you'll be able to rescue fellow drifters and have them live in your town. Extra laborers are your bread and butter in the city builder, after all. You'll also be able to upgrade your city to accommodate these extra miles by adding food trucks. Yum! Now, let's check out this trailer, because it sounds like something I would enjoy. I have a feeling Six would also enjoy this as well. It seems like something that would be right up his alley. And by the way, it's it's really not that difficult to put a seagull. Just walk around the boardwalk with a pile or of any kind of food. Literally any kind. You'll of make food. a. You will, especially French fries. Oh, they know French. Trust me. We have a couple. I don't know where they come from, but like a, like a local parking lot at Walmart near near us. It's like 15 minutes from our place. There we have parking lot seagulls. I have no idea where they come from. Nowhere near a body of water. But these seagulls are like, if if you come out with like McDonald's fries to that to that parking lot, oh, it's two specific know. ones, and we call one of them French and the other one fry. And it, 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 it would make more sense if we were anywhere close to a body of water. So it's safe no to assume that almost could. every McDonald's probably has a few seagulls. Birds love fries, indeed. <laughs> I like the idea of this. This looks interesting. I bet I'd be terrible at it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You can actually sail around the sea with it? That's, that's kind of awesome. Alright, so that was Flotsam. I, I'd give that a go. Oh, yeah, here we go. Up next, Dungeon Crawler Heckle Dungeon. Annoys its foes into giving up. Alright, so, hitting monsters is so mean. Why not just poke and bother them until they choose to leave you alone? Isn't that a much more peaceful option for an annoying fairy? Heckle Dungeon casts you as a pesky fairy to just... Oh god, you're, you're navvy. <laughs> a pesky fairy that really uh, enjoys bothering people and creatures. Hearing that an artifact at the bottom of the dungeon can create the ultimate irritation, set it to make your way down so that you can really get on everyone's nerves. Your bothersome abilities will be tested along the way, though, as you agitate creature after creature in the widening depths. I really <laughs> want this. You have no idea how much of an amazing idea this is for Scott me. Scott instantly loves it. Oh, dude, you know, this is, this is going to be the best thing. It's going to be like... 
the the dragon encounters you. Fuck off, dragon! You scaly fucking piece of shit. I assume that they give you options. Oh, shit. They probably do, but you know, it's just like I love this concept. You have no idea. As soon as you said that you annoy people in terms of way, I'm just like, oh. Oh yes, please tell me more. <coughs> I really is a want twisting, this. sprawling complex, meaning you're going to want to start mapping out your journey quickly. Oh Jesus, you have to map it out yourself too. It doesn't take long for you snarl, uh, for the snarl of paths become a challenge to navigate, and the monsters you're bothering are more than happy to thump you. You're not as keen about just bugging. They're not as keen about just bugging you, considering how much you're getting on their nerves. You're not likely to last long once they decide to start hitting you. You can find some backup throughout Heckle Dungeons, stumbling across other wanderers who are just as happy to bug monsters as you are. Maybe you can raise a stink to make foes mad, or perhaps they have some other ability. Whatever tools you choose to use, it'll be a challenging trek to the dungeon's depths, but an entertaining one, as you annoy dust bunnies and other strange, easy-to-annoy horrors. A dad is back? Uh, a me? <laughs> happy to hear that, man. 15 years for that pack of cigarettes, man. That's been that's been a long time. Alright, so yeah, at least we know that Scott wants to play the crap out of it. I would play this. I like the... I like the, the oh, hell yes. Saw, actually. The color palettes that they chose are really nice. Very um, Game Boy, but like how they change in Downwell and stuff. Oh my god, that's so... That's so awesome. I love this idea. Heckle Dungeon. I'm gonna He's gonna, he's gonna write that one down. Alright, up next. This is it. a weird game. <laughs> Just from the, the sound of it. Table manners! Go on ridiculous dates oh. with disembodied hands. Yeah. Alright, so you're a happening limb looking to meet someone new in table manners. Unfortunately, some goofy physics mean each date is probably going to end in silly disaster. Swipe right to pick who you'd be going out with that night, and from there it's on you to impress whoever you've asked out. As a lone hand, some goofy physics at work, though, it will be hard to be suave when pouring wine or applying a little heat to your creme brulee. You might just find yourself trying to put out a flaming table with that wine as you as your date looks on, unimpressed. Well, if they're on their phone, I'm pretty sure they're unimpressed right then and there. Burn their phone! Yes! Uh, anyways, these people are a bit too laid back, if you ask me. I can't trust someone who can just scroll through their phone while their table's on fire. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so we gotta check this out. This... Oh, oh. Oh. Oh, you know I would be fantastic at playing this. <laughs> uh, I want to play this now. <laughs> Take them out. Light a candle. Light them on fire. Light, Light the, the fish on, on fire. fire. Here, potato. Light the fire on you. fire. Do you like? Do you like lobster tail on a skewer? Take it in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Uh oh, there you go. Try, try to impress. Oh God! You want some? You want some bird? Wait, there's one where you're on a boat that sways back and forth. That's terrible. Oh you my want some God! Catch. I want to play this. This would be so fun to stream. Oh, and then they get. Oh wow! This is like Tinder meets Surgeon Simulator. I want to do it. 
I want to play this game. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have the Trailer Tuesday. And usually we get to see some fun games here. So let's go through them one by one. First up, we have the Machine That Breathes. You're digging deep underground. Your task is to scan for seismic activity and send it back to the above. Unexpectedly, your contact to service cuts out and you're left digging for eternity. Eventually, things go dark and you're running out of power. Is this where it ends? Let's see. I like I like that Are intro picture there. That's pretty the nice. God damn it! I love this fucking show. <laughs> also, how's it going, Cooper? Coopter. So is this like an action game or RPGs and a puzzle game? I mean, don't get me wrong. It looks like it looks like, like action horror. So yeah, oh, right. Shoot. Whoa! Please, sir. Please, I need more. Oh, I know, that looks right? Interesting. The machine that breathes. Huh? All right. Next up, we have Eidolon. Welcome to Eidolon University. Explore the grounds while interacting with eight NBCs, six romanceable. Learn to see. No. I do not play ro romantic visual novel dating sim things. Dating sim. All right, Infinity. Lose yourself in infinity, but never lose hope. As hope falls deeper into infinity, the real world begins to suffer from his absence. What is this? This looks like LSD Dream Emulator for PlayStation. Uh, yep. Yep. What the fuck is this fever dream? What one keeps going on? I... <laughs> I... What? what the oh, I don't want to see his taint. What in the world? What the hell? Is... What? <sighs> yeah, this is must be able to save people who made LSD Dream Emulator because this looks crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I gotta stop. Sir, please. Sorry. Ooh. Woven. Explore a woolen world where stuffed animals once lived in peace. Search for hidden secrets and customize your character with different animal shapes to solve puzzles. <laughs> You're not wrong, Jeremy. <laughs> <coughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug, Jeremy 2019. So that's where you've been, Jeremy. I'm a cocaine bitch. Yeah, I was gonna say, show us some more gameplay already. Yeah. Like, it looks like, yes, there's a world, but it doesn't look like there's much to do in it. That's what I'm more worried about right now. It's like, what, what kind of things can we do here? Like, 
Like, it doesn't seem like, like in Banjo-Kazooie, you can see, like, oh, over there is a puzzle piece, or whatever the fuck you co collect. You know, that kind of stuff, so. Yeah. Jiggies. Yeah, the intro didn't really give us much to work with there, did they? Hmm. I mean, it looks interesting, but, uh, like, I would have liked a little bit more yeah, of really like, what well. I'm getting into. Oh, Blasphemous. Oh, this looks... Oh, if you haven't seen Blasphemous yes, yet, oh, this really? game looks so good. Oh, I've seen Blasphemous. It looks... Oh, you're going to love it, Stefan. Trust me. No, just something else. Never mind. Anyways, Blasphemous, punishing action platform that combines fast-paced, skilled combat with a hack-and-slash game with a deep evocative narrative core delivered through exploration of a huge universe oh, comprised of nonlinear levels. This blasphemous looks so good. I want to play this game. Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh! Oh! Have we not seen this before, Scott? Scott! Not a wee thing. Oh! I told you, this game looks so good. Is this going to be the pick of the week? Because this looks so... Wow. It's, it looks like a 2D Dark Souls. It's like that got like that dark gothic horror to it. It Dude. absolutely would be my pick of like absolutely. That game looked fucking it's like awesome. Two, it's like, Dude, did I not say? Like it's it would absolutely be my be my pick of, Jesus, uh, of everything. Man. Oh, and oh, it's our it it it's actually already on my this um nice. my Steam. Well, we already seen Pilgrims and we've already seen Nair War. Huh. Project Hornwell, nice! Yeah, alright. Good job, Narwhal. Uh, Aqua Creep, okay, here's a new game that we haven't seen yet. Experience paranoia like never before as you try to uncover which of your crew are human and which of them are something else. A tropical storm envelops the occupants of an isolated ocean research facility, trapping those within alongside a homicidal shapeshifter. Okay, this is not what I was expecting for the graphics, actually. Whoa. Heavy cartoon stroke a little bit. That's a thick outline. Something... feel about the, the art style. Like, why does everybody... Yeah, and not even that. Like, like, it looks like it's like... 
let's turn this from 480p to 1080 and make it all fuzzy looking. Like, I don't know, it was strange. Yeah, I know, right? Alright, so, Half Past Fate. Is this romantic narrative adventure game? No, sorry, guys. Yeah. Lie in my heart, an expressive game. That's your child's mother ending her own life. Jesus. Same choices I made. Do you feel the same regret? Whoa. How would you support your child through a painful moment of life? Okay. I'm going to look over because just usually that kind of stuff, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm not like a real big fan of narratives and stuff like that. I don't know how I feel about the visuals. That, that too. Jesus. Seems... Alright, uh, it's a little dark. Let's... Yeah, yeah it's a lot I'm dark. Gonna We're gonna go with something else called yeah. Love Esquire. Yeah. An RPG of indirect heroism. As a squire, you're not really the hero of this story. Instead, you'll be providing support to your knight. Indirectly saving the day, maybe impressing a love interest or two. Content warning, adult type activities. Oh. Uh-oh. War's coming, you've only got a few months left to uh -oh. improve yourself and find someone to snuggle up with in Love Esquire. You won't survive those few months if you keep your knight in the fight, though. As a supporter, you can do things like taunt foes, cheer for your knight to raise their spirits, heal them if they're wounded, or loot bodies for useful things your knight can equip. If you mess with each battle in just the right ways, your so knight will find success and renown. You'll sort of become known by proxy. It's one way to become famous-ish. I guess. So it's like support yeah. character so of the let's game. Have a look. That's, a, that's, a, that's new. Yeah, exactly. That's different. You're the thick at one. <laughs> You're the. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what the hell? Whoa, what the uh, hell is that? good! <laughs> Oh, there, there's Scott's waifu material. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Get Hell laid! Yeah, man. <laughs> Whoa! Alright, so Whoa. you actually, actually get love interests. You gobshite. Result may no, vary. You gobshite. <laughs> I love the comedy behind this so far. What so the hell? Again, I know this almost seems like one of those like dating sim type things, but that I would still so play awesome. that. That actually looked pretty good. That looks awesome. <laughs> oh man! All right, so another game I think uh, that we'd like to end up playing at some point in time. That game. Okay. Oh yeah, this is another different type of game. Assemble with care. Tell stories through fixing things. Uh, Assemble with care is a touching narrative puzzle game that has you learning how to repair many different objects while also learning about yourself and the people you meet. You are Maria, a young woman who has made her way across the world for a food festival. To make enough money to buy some lovely eats, you need to repair other people's belongings. 
This isn't a very challenging job for you, but there is much more than just repairing items within this game. Each chapter starts with a beautifully voiced bit of story that tells you about how a character has come to this place or met this person. Then, you are given an item that means something to them, which you can repair by replacing parts, gluing things, or putting your trusty screwdriver to good use. Every object is laid out carefully, uh, screws kept in a little bowl, and as you do your work, it's almost mindless replacing cogs and putting together circuit boards. Sometimes a few more issues pop up the moment you think you're done. Often the owner of the object will talk to you, asking if the item can be fixed, or talking about how important it is. The owners of these objects, one working in a cafe, another a mayor of the town, one a small child, and more, all have their own lives and stories. So let's have a look at this. It's a short trailer, but we can watch this. We can take a look. It feels like it's also the 80s. Hey, I can I can fix that uh, that mm-hmm. tape there. I know how to fix those. You take a little pencil <laughs> and you go. Wee! Oh wow! Whoa. <laughs> okay. Oh, and I guess you get people's pictures. Oh, bam! Okay. <laughs> oh, that, see, see what I tell you. See, I told you, you used a pencil. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny as hell that that actually came up. Some of this is actually kind of interesting. Alright, so assemble with care. That doesn't look like a bad game at all, actually. It looks... Very interesting. I can see that where, where it could go at least. So I'm not using that, Steve. I'm not using that ever. Is, oh God! All right, we're going to move on to some of the most fun parts that can happen, which is the Kickstarters. We're starting off this week mm-hmm. with one I just found at the last minute before we started, which is called Fallen Angel. A pixel art hack and slash RPG. You've got me. Fallen at Angel hello. is a 2D pixel art hack and slash RPG. Take the role of Lucifer in a quest to regain paradise. Alright. So, as we said before, we're going to pause the music. You had We're going to actually listen to hello. the music in the games. The mind is its own right, place. And it is self. This is made by some dude in Philadelphia, by the way. A hell of heaven. Following an unwise heretic like you to hell. That's servitude. God makes no mistakes. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So they are looking for twenty six thousand four hundred nine. They're currently at six thousand four seventy. Twenty four days to go. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> uh, oh God, how am I going to pronounce that? Matrioshka Matrish- Games. Matrioshka Games. Mm-hmm. By Hunter Wu. Well, the game looks awesome. And I have no idea. That's just as close as I'm going to get it. Uh, $12 uh, US or $16 Canadian for the game. That is not it's bad. Bucks. That's pretty good. The game looks so, awesome. Yes, it does. I'm just wondering <laughs> if, like, different... Uh, if it's a twin stick, can like does the the one stick like the, depending on what direction you're doing uh, using do a different type of move or not or oh maybe I don't know. Oh, there's so many different things you could do here. But it, it does look great. really yes, it does. <laughs> For twelve twelve dollars, man, that's worth it. That's worth supporting. Oh God, yes. And he's a local guy, man. He's from Philly, so he's not from that far away from where I live. Oh, look at this. There you go. Climbing over the cliffs. Yeah, no, this looks gorgeous. Yeah, good art mm-hmm. style. Really loving it. Oh, yeah, look at this. Holy shit. Are those bosses, or is that the people who are making the game? Because those guys are crazy. <laughs> oh, it is boss concepts. Wow. All right. And wow, they're not overdoing it either. Look at this. The highest tier they have is $69. It looks like ma- Matri Ska. It's like two different words, or Matrioska. There you go, Matrioska. Okay. There you go. Looks frigging awesome. Yes, it it does. Looks great. Oh, so our next Kickstarter is actually a game we've mentioned one time before on the podcast. Nima's Melody. A 2D action adventure saved the world from being consumed by darkness in this 2D action adventure game inspired by retro classics. Like Zelda. Just saying. Yep. It, it still has its own little bit of charm as well. Oh, sure. Oh, when things <laughs> die, a little like <laughs> puff of cartoon. No, maybe not. That's nice. <clears throat> I love half the time though when they're like inspired by retro games. Like ninety-five percent of the time, they're, they're talking about Zelda. They just don't want to say it. Uh, I like that's not, but that's not a bad thing. No, God no. That's not a bad thing at all. But this still looks like it has its own things to it as well. Yes, it does. So it's nice. Kind of gives me like a, a like a vibe like um, like East. Like, like Zelda and East together. Yeah. And trust me, I love the East series, so that's definitely a oh. good thing to compare it against. That looks nice. It looks very good. Alright. So yeah, they are looking for 36,313. Uh, they're currently sitting at 4,000 with 25 days to go. They are from Colombia. Is that Maryland? Hmm. MD? MD. Alright. 
You're from the States. You know what MD is? MB? MD. Oh, MD is Maryland. Okay, so it was right. Okay. All right, so Jump Game Studio. They are looking for $20 Canadian, $15 US for a copy of the game, and then name and That's credits. not terrible. That's, That's not pretty bad good. at all. No. Looks nice, too. Yeah, it looks it's very nice. The, the, the horse animation is really nice. And like I said, it, it's it's far enough away from Zelda that it... it yes, yeah. there is some stuff that's like it, but it's still of course, its own yeah. type of... Well, it's not going to be like the comparison you make to any games that are... Yeah. Zelda. Well, like I'm saying, like the art style really strikes me looking more like the East Saga, mm-hmm. which for me is like a, a huge plus. Yeah. For some reason, it also gives me... Puts me in mind a little bit of Secret of Evermore a little bit. Uh, yeah, that yeah, I can see that too. Absolutely. <coughs> All right. Wow, they included a lot of different stuff in the game just to show you mm-hmm. what they're doing in there. Look at that. There's also different kinds of bosses and stuff. All right, that looks pretty awesome. Uh, again, we're going to keep an eye on that one as well. A lot of these are going to be great Kickstarters again this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, here's one for anyone who's a '90s shooter fan: Outstation, a space combat adventure inspired by Firefly, '90s shooters, and Escape Velocity, made by a former AAA dev. They're looking for fifteen thousand eight forty-five. They're currently at nine thirty-seven with twenty-four days to go. And they're from Gulf Breeze, Florida. Immediately with the western sound of music. <laughs> Still got Scott Oh. Mm-hmm. Still got Scott Oh. Mm-hmm. Hope so. Yep, I just tested to make sure. <laughs> um looks pretty cool. Oh wait until there you go, here we go. This is why I wanted to include this one in the uh, Kickstarters this week because it actually looks like it's a pretty good shoot 'em up. Uh, space shooters, like outside of like the the, the freeform space shooters like these, mm-hmm. really aren't my uh, aren't my thing. But uh, I definitely see the merit in that. Mm-hmm. It's like I've always been bad at like the, the those sort of controlled space shooters like that. Like you know, I like my two D top-down, where I can, you know... Oh, yeah, I, already, yeah. I already know up-down, left-right are going to go in those directions. I've always <laughs> been... I've been terrible at those sort of games, so... Like... But, like, visually, it does look really nice. So... This is by Darkstone Digital. Okay. Alright, they are currently looking for... $14 Canadian, $10 US for a copy of the game. Oh, that 10 bucks is, is pretty not good. bad at all. That is... Yeah. A lot That's lower than I thought, actually. Yeah, it looks good. The the I like the bright colors that they're using in it against the dark, you know, space black ba- background kind of thing. So right. I do oh, like you know I, I do like the background visuals. They are they yeah. do look oh yeah nice. the background visuals are fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god! See bullet hell stuff. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'd be so terrible. I do like the oh, customization of the ships too. That looks really awesome. Yes. 
That's a very nice thing to have in any kind of shooter type game, I think. In my opinion. I like the customization, so. Alright, we're going to go to our next Kickstarter, which is Beyond the Underworld. A surreal journey style game. They just made their uh, their goal. They're only looking for 1584 currently at 1955 Congratulations. They are from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina? Yeah. I see you. Peacock Games. Oh, yes. This is the um, the walking uh, type game. But it, I like the visuals in this. That's why I'm including this one because it actually looks like it's it would be an okay game to play. Now again, I, I can only see myself playing this maybe once. So that, and again, because that's all I would play one of these types of games for. I mean, someone else might be able to find you know more playability in it than myself. So this is where I want to take a salad. Yeah, I like the their use of visual effects in this game. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. And again, they weren't looking for a ton of money for this game to, to be kickstarted, so yeah. good on them. They're basically just showcasing their talent, which is good. This is a great way of doing it. I mean, if you're this good at lighting effects and stuff, as well as obviously being able to program a, a workable, you, you know, working good game, then why not? Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks... It's a fantastic-looking game. For, for uh, you know, again, for just being a, a walking, you know, game. Right, yeah. Because it doesn't look like there's any puzzle aspects or anything like that. It's literally you're just walking, which, again, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Sometimes it's about the journey. Indeed. I'm always about the journey. God damn. <laughs> Alright, so they're looking for $20 Canadian, 15 US for a copy of the game. That's a little higher than I expected, actually. For, yeah. for what they were looking for, for to kickstart the game, that's a yeah. lot lower than I expected. Plant life of each set. Oh, so you can actually... I don't know, can you do anything with the plant life and stuff, though? Whoa. Version of the afterlife. Okay. Alright, we're going to move on to our next one, which is Metal Mind, a roguelite game about robot battle. A roguelite game uh, that players control a mecha assembled from different equipment parts for PC. They're looking for 13,300. They're sitting at 622 with 26 days to go. <clears throat> They're from Shanghai, China. I love the pixel art in this game and the layering. I thought it looked fucking amazing. Now. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I would like to see this person do a uh, action indie game, I think. That's not a... What would you... Again, I know it's a... a it's probably not a twin-stick shooter, but you know what I'm, I'm saying. Uh, it's yeah. almost, well, it's a roguelike. 
So I'd like to see this person do a, a full um, platforming game with some decent story to it or something. I mean, that would be... I think they could do well, because they do good pixel art. Really good pixel art. I'm also not a huge fan of the soundtrack so far either, but, but again, the visuals make up for a lot of it as well. Mm -hmm. So well done, pixel art this. Jesus. Whoa! Okay, now this is kind of interesting. I wanted to see the boss stuff. Again, it's a, it's a top-down shooter, but... Whoa, okay. Your head explode. Yeah, look at oh honestly it's more of the cinematics now. It's just done so well, man. Yeah, right. This looks really cool. Jesus. Oh bullets everywhere. Damn. Alright. So again from Shanghai, China, World Galaxy. Jesus. So, for $15, you can get Steam Key upon early access. Not bad. Okay, I'm just making sure it's not just for early access only, and then you get, you know, a different price for when it does release or something, so. But no, if, again, I'm not into mech games a lot myself, but. Yeah, me either. From what I can see from the pixel art this person's done, Jesus, man. Like, mm -hmm. they definitely have the ability to make you know something fucking fantastic mm -hmm. Jesus looks real good alright our next one ooh we just got some more money <laughs> the next one is Below the Stone a roguelite indie game about dwarves a roguelite where dwarves explore and mine the massive procedurally generated depths below the stone this is another developer from Philadelphia Stroller Studios. And what do I feel like someone was telling me about their game that, mm, about dwarves or something? I'm sure it'll come up to me sometime again. But anyways, they are looking for thirteen thousand two hundred and four dollars. They're currently sitting at four thousand fifteen. Twenty nine days to go. Let's have a look at their uh, at their trailer here. Okay. Another top down. Uh, well, again, that's the whole roguelite. Yeah. I'd like to see some more roguelike. <laughs> yeah. Indie games, but these again, none of the Kickstarters have disappointed so far. They've all been fucking amazing, as usual. <laughs> oh, I turned to the right spot. Jesus. Oh, God. This is 2D Minecraft. 
<laughs> That's kind of cool. Looks like we might have a different type of concept of this game, actually, than I expected. Instead of being rooms, you're literally just digging through to find new biomes and places to go. And trying not to die. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Okay. That's always good, too. That, that's something you can you can pretty much guarantee. If you're going to make a game, and the more crap that you put in there that we can, like, fucking have to look for and work for... <laughs> It's guaranteed that we're gonna nerd out and fucking love it, anyways. I, like I have a specific friend who enjoys um, leveling up in RPGs. Can't understand that, but I mean, hey, to each your own, right? Right. So yeah, Stroll Art Studios. Let's see how much they're looking for for a copy. Oh, let's see. New credits back on Discord. Thank you from developers. Uh, the early bird is not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is the adventure begins. A copy of Below the Stone goes to $26.19 US. It's not awful. It's not fantastic. For this sort of game, I think that's a little high. Yeah, I would have preferred a little lower on that. Mm -hmm. Like 15, I think, would have been. Yeah, 19 is a little high. Uh, 19 a Canadian probably would have been a little bit more. Um, yeah, that's kind of this probably roughly about 15 American. Yeah, and that would have been fine, but yeah, I don't know. It's, we'll see. I mean, again, they, they did add a lot to the game, and it doesn't look like it's a bad game either, so. Oh, no, no. All right. Well, we're going to get to our last game. Oh, they're still climbing. Demons of Astaborg for the Sega Mega Drive Sega Genesis system. Really? A new platform-based game. They're looking for $51,001. They're currently sitting at 34255 11 days to go. Let's see if we can help get them there. They are from Manosk, France. They are Neofid Technology. Let's have a look at this. I'm smiling. Just because one, they're releasing it for Mega Drive. Hello. 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 What the fuck? <laughs> hey, Peter. What do you think of it so far, Scott? Okay. <laughs> so, remember we were talking about the pick of the week? Uh, I'm just... Whoa, wait, what? Wow. I like the hairier part of this. Space hairier. Space hairier, yeah. yeah. Pretty neat. Jesus. 
I would say this is a close second for a pick of the week right now. Yeah, but this yeah. is absolute blasphemy is definitely still taking my first, but oh. this is going to be an absolute second. This is that's pretty cool, man. And you get the box, and you get the box. Damn! Oh, what's that? I don't know. Oh, the trickster stuff at the end. Uh, all right. So first and foremost, you're putting it out for the Sega Genesis. My God, thank you. Now, the real question. Oh, it's coming up with a Switch too. Uh huh. And they're they're only asking fifteen dollars Canadian or ten euros. For the Switch version? For the copy of Switch or Steam. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, but the question is, what are they asking for for the Genesis or the Master System version? Well, for the ROM file, they're looking for $22 Canadian or $15, uh, 15 euros. Okay. Which I can understand. I know it's a ROM and everyone's going to be like, oh, oh yeah, But yeah. at the same time, it's like, yeah, but... You can get this around, put it onto a card if you really wanted to. Now, can you actually get an actual cartridge only? Oh, $59 Canadian for you. Oh, cartridge and round. Oh, no, no, no. I want box with manual. Yes, $88. Oh, that's expensive, but still. Yeah, it's a, that's a little expensive, but... It looks like, one, it's an awesome game, and two, yes. from what I can see, the box are fine. They're getting a new in-box Genesis game, man. That might be worth it, those couple dollars. What? You ever have a cat stare at you and you just not know why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. There you go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Little Medusa. Cat Studios, they, they do them. For a little bit cheaper, but hey, I can understand. I can understand. Yeah. This it Here's looks like a fantastic game. game. Yep. Holy shit! I'm definitely interested. Ten bucks for the Switch. I'm sold. Is, is that what it's? Oh yeah, for all ten euros or fifteen Canadian. So yeah, about ten dollars for you guys as well. Yep. Damn. All right, and that is it for this week, everybody. That is all the games we have, all the Kickstarter. Definitely had some really good titles this week, so I'm definitely very happy with the podcast this week. Like, when's the last time we've had a podcast where, like, man, there wasn't really much to really. Look I know, at. right? <laughs> like, this this week, we definitely had a lot. Definitely. So, many just good games. so much good stuff. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming by, everybody who did come by this week. We appreciate you guys, uh, you know, sticking around Indeed. and helping us out with the technical snafu we may be having but you know and uh, also i have a disclaimer that i'm gonna put uh, up here right now and let uh, anyone who may be listening i know it's at the end i wish i put it at the start of the podcast but we had a little bit of a uh situation happen on twitter where some person thought that because i didn't like a game and because i said it was a top-down twin stick shooter that you know wasn't that great or whatever that's me personally it's not a game i would play that doesn't mean other viewers won't play that game, that other viewers won't like that game. By the way, it's actually an arena game. But anyways, regardless, um, if I if the game wasn't good, it wouldn't be on the podcast, plain and simple. Correct. There have been times that, yes, we've loaded up games and looked at them and said, my God, why are we looking at this? 
But for the most part, <laughs> most games that are put on to the podcast are put there for a reason. And even though it's mm-hmm. times when we both don't like it, that doesn't mean, like I said, other people watching or listening aren't going to like it. So, you know, yep. if you can't appreciate that, uh, I, I apologize. But, you know, it is what it is. And if I say it's a game I don't think I would play, I'm going to say that straight up. So, all right. This week, we are going to... Ooh, I see something we can host up. Let's host up Lookin' Toad. He is currently playing some Mega Man 4. So, it looks like... um, It looks like he's doing some kind of individual screen investigation. I don't know what that is. Probably something to do with speedrunning, if I was to guess. He speedruns Mega Man 4 quite a bit, so... I'm going to throw you guys over there. Have your have yourselves a good evening. Have yourselves a good week. And we will see you next mm-hmm. Sunday for another Retro Indie Pixels podcast. Have a good one. Indeed. Bye-bye.